0: Everything else set up the way it was supposed to. Without like, breaking anything. Sure. Um, look, I know, before we start, I just I don't know why I was thinking about this. Um, do you know what what rap song I forget is like a fake rap song and was like made for a commercial? Uh no. No, yeah. VIP by Kevin Federline. Oh, oh I,
1: really? That was a that was a commercial? Remember, yeah, yeah I mean, I there remember. was like a
0: Taco Bell commercial for the Super Bowl, but I always like think of it as a real rap song for some reason. <laughs>
1: Okay, you're such a K-Fed fan.
0: I know, like, right, right. I'm like, like, why do... Well, because it Papa seems Sal like... Papa Sow is it's, like the <laughs> fucking... Like, that's your shit. But it seems like some piece of shit song that he actually would have written and put on a record is what I is what I mean. Right, and like, right. why? I mean, I know... Cost
1: prohibitively, he's not... He's, he's, he's an he's easy get, but like... But why? That guy was a joke from Jump. No, like, right, I know. So, like, how... Like I, that was the one, like going back to our Brittany thread, like that feels like I, that, that feels like a desperate, you know, a desperation move on her part. And then kind of like also a, just a weird doubling down. She had to have known, like she's grown up yeah. in the music industry forever. Right, right. right. I mean, I know she's seen Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton put out albums, right. Which are. To varying degrees of okayness, right? I'm not gonna like. No, they're terrible. Of okay. course, I'm just trying yeah, I mean, to be Come nice, on, right? right, right. right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait, is that a new thing we're trying on this podcast? Being nice? It won't be today. No, I, um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but 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 K Fed, like just from like when she introduces him on the MTV. No, it was like a Kids' Choice Awards right. wait, and like it it was just bad from you know. From the very, very beginning, and like obviously bad, it, it it's amazing that that guy lasted more than the five minutes that um he clearly didn't even deserve. There, no, <laughs> like, no. I mean, I don't really, I couldn't, I can't really judge him on his background dancing. Um, I, right, because I he was right, he was a backup dancer. I mean, that's where <laughs> right, he, like,
0: I don't, I don't know. Look, I don't know. I'm sorry, I Talk don't know about why a guy he...
1: who's like won the like, I mean, like. He, he do, do, you know, won two lottery tickets for the rest. No, no offense to the kids. I mean, I, I hope that they grew up well, with well parented on both sides. But, yeah, I. But man, if that Jason Alexander, the guy that she married in in Vegas and like got annulled in like seventy two oh yeah, hours. Yeah, not yeah. the guy
0: from Seinfeld. But, but that'd make for a more right. interesting story. Okay. All right. Anyway. 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 Sorry about that. But I, I, for whatever reason, I wanted that to be on mic. Right. I don't know. I don't. Know. Anyway. Welcome back, Screamers, to an episode where we light fire to your idol so that you don't have to. Today, 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 we're going to talk about some new films. We're going to talk about Killers of the Flower Moon, Anatomy of a Fall, and Dry Ground Burning. Um, I hope Jason likes at least one of those. But I also think that we should sort of change, maybe not the purpose of this podcast, but sort of like the mission statement. So I'd like to change the mission statement to... We're just here to dance a bit and fuck shit. <laughs> the PPP, baby.
1: Yeah. We Yes. <laughs> What's new? Uh existential dread, uh overwhelming I said sense new. of oh, I right, said right? Malaise. No. Yeah, no, none no, of those are new. Those are those are regular <laughs> things.
0: That's that's an everyday uh, sort of occurrence here.
1: You know. The, you know, we're, we're on, we're on the downside of the, of the SAG strike, which strikes me as, which strikes me, which um, has me a little concerned, I guess, because, it, you know, and again, by the time this comes out, it'll be a long time, we'll, we'll have already known the results and like the the terms, but like less than 48 hours before they announced a temporary um, and a tentative agreement, they also were like, there's no fucking way. Like the, the, the producers are like they basically want to own our souls in perpetuity and like be able to use every like part of our DNA to like reclone us as we go forward. So like the AI piece of it seemed like it was a non-starter and like, that was like their, you know, and of course every time they go to the table, it's the this is our best offer and it's not going to get any better than this. So you better sign up for it. And then of course, you know, then, then they have this tentative agreement, which we haven't heard anything about at least not to this point. Um, I've
0: heard a little, I've heard a little bit about it. Really? Yeah. I haven't, so, I haven't had a chance to check it so, out today. So one, a couple things I heard. So like on the AI front, one of the sticking points was that the studios wanted to create these kind of like synthetic or like fake background roles, mm-hmm. I guess. And so that was a sticking point. But they apparently have worked that out so that there is some, the actors, um, the creative aspects of the film will get sort of notification when that is possibly being used. And then there's, they're reportedly going to work out a kind of compensation um, term around that. Um, the other thing was, was a residual sharing in, in, in a similar way that the writers got, although different. Right. And so that got ironed out, although no details of that have been or will be released until it's ratified. But what I heard from one of, you know, not personally, but what I heard (laughs) from one of the, one of the negotiators was that, you know, actors at the bottom scale would receive a significant sort of bump in this kind of residual area. So, I mean, I hope
1: it, I hope it's a good deal. I really, obviously, truly do. And we're obviously on the side of the worker here. But, and I can see Studios wanting to have that ability to correct with AI uh, from a from a perspective of you know, there's a scene in Teen Wolf at the very end where it's <laughs> a good example. I mean, just just uh, there's a t- scene in Teen Wolf after he's made the shot and he's hugging Boo, <laughs> and there's a guy in the crowd who's clearly has his fly open and like turns to like zip up his. I can see where you might want to correct that in post <laughs> if you were to catch it. <laughs> Via some sort of, mm-hmm. you know, AI mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, um, occasional, uh, extras looking at, you know, looking at the right. camera, breaking right. the fourth wall in, you know, accidentally that type of thing. I can see where you'd want to accidentally be Accidentally on purpose. Right. Um, but I, I, and I was thinking about this on the way over the day. I was, I will, I do think it will take a concerted effort from audiences to have a backlash against, Things like Peter Cushing and and Carrie Fisher oh, and sure, Rogue One sure. and things like where, but as it becomes more and more prevalent, um, you know that idea of of uh, kind of pushing back to the studios and saying this is not something we want. Like obviously, kind of like in the same vein of what they did with the, and this is way back in the eighties, but the whole colorization and the internal oh, sure, sure. things, as far as like, yeah, why? why, why are you doing like, all of this, right? Yeah. There are people we can make the leap of faith or, the, you know, the jump uh, to say we understand that Peter Cushing is dead and, and that, that you've got to find the lookalike or something, you know, similar approximation. <laughs> just, approximation. Just
0: recast. I mean, God. It's right. Like, I mean, right. It's not. We, it's OK. <laughs> look, it's a fucking space movie. <laughs> right. You know what? None of these people actually exist. Right. And 95 percent of the people
1: wouldn't like you put a name tag on him and they would be fine. They would, they would have gotten the reference. Right. Right. Fucking right. <laughs> okay, Let it go. But anyway, I hope they get, I, I, I do wonder, like, I guess a bunch of, no, everything is going to go back into production, but I do wonder what it's going to look like for the next, I, I think this year has been a shit year for movies in general. <laughs> um, I, I, and so I, I wonder what it's going to look like over the next
0: six months. Yeah. And stuff isn't already, won't get ramped up until January again. Right. And they're already <laughs>
1: pushing things out that were going to be mediocre at best anyway. So, I mean, like it's just, but this year's been, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just being cynical because it's November and it's starting to get, like, it's starting to get cold outside and that type of thing. Um, But it's been, it's, I don't know. I'm in this like groove of like where I don't like anything and it's yeah. just, I don't know. And I think it, I can't discern whether or not, and to be fair, I've watched a bunch of shit like The Exorcist
0: 7 and and Saw 10 and, and Oh, you did see Saw 10? Yeah. Why do you? So, I thought I hated myself, but I think <laughs> like you just continue to one up me on the self-loathing scale. Um I I it's I I think also that I that
1: I am in a cynic with an eternal optimist heart. Oh no, I, <laughs> I get garden. you. I'm, yes, yeah, one hundred percent. Right. So this I, time,
0: this time. Oh no. Right. Why so do when, I, why do I fool myself?
1: So when I see positive reviews of something, which I saw for really not necessarily much with the Exorcist believer, which I was going to go see just because I was going to hate watch that. Right. Right. Uh, speaking of, I'm down to the movie of Veronica Mars. By the way. Oh, nice. So I've watched the nice. entire last Hulu season which what the fuck was anybody <laughs> thinking one? Can I, can I, can I talk about the Lilith fair version of we used to be friends <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is fucking insane to me. Like, like the college version of we used to be friends, you know, was bad enough. But this, but this 2019 version <sighs> um, with, it, it, and, and it ends with this, Hey, like <laughs> we used to be, Hey, and I was like, every t- like my like seriously to the this is the point where cat my wife is just like fuck you why are you making me watch this now and it, we can't stop we, we have, have to, to finish, finish it, it right? right and i'm we're gonna right. i'm in i'm gonna watch the movie but it's just a, i just haven't gotten to it yet um
0: but the movie happened before that. The right? movie okay. happened
1: before, but, it, but 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 Hulu packaged all four seasons oh, right, together, right, so right, like, right, I didn't right, jump right, back right, over right. to the no, movie. I got to see right, it. And I figured right. it was standalone enough that I could I could
0: I could <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure i could catch up on what's happening. <laughs> I don't know. This is pretty like complicated, heady stuff. <laughs> but
1: but like <clears throat> it seems to me like I oh, I can't imagine they must have drove a truck of money to Kristen Bell's house. Like are there were there Veronica Mars fans? from 2000, 2014 movie, which they had to kickstart anyway, that were clamoring for a 2019 version, a sexy version of Veronica Mars. Like, and you get back, you get back Jason Doring and Max Greenfield, and then you add people like Patton Oswalt and J.K. Simmons to it, and Clifton Collins, which I've already talked about. About right. it, That guy will do literally anything. If we paid him 25 bucks, he'd be on this podcast tomorrow. Like. Do we have his number? <laughs> right. Which, is his is his representation which, listening? I would happily pay him twenty-five oh. bucks to be on this podcast because he's great. Yes. I don't like yes. all of those guys were really good, but like making Patton Oswald the the kind of sinister bad guy at the end in this like mastermind bomber, mm-hmm. which Patton mm-hmm. doesn't play that role very well. Like he plays the buffoon or the nerd. That's what he right. right he's that's his bread and butter, right? Or, aside from stand then community Who eventually. surprises you and yeah. Right. And all of them were fine, but like that idea of like one, they I, th- I think they did give short shrift to like Wallace and um, uh, Casablancas and like uh, and so like the, there were a lot of like regulars that I think either they, that they could
0: have played up a little bit more. you yeah, know, well, We've than, talked about this with the people of color on this show. And even <laughs> true, in 2019, true. right. Right. They don't give you much more to do and but, much more dimension. But this, but
1: this like turning Veronica Mars into this like Cinemax after dark type. <laughs> and like, it wasn't quite, you know, yeah. but there's a scene where she like, it's like, she's dreaming about like Logan has gone off to some far on space over in the Middle East. He's got to go over for a couple of days. Evidently, <laughs> And she <laughs> dreams about having sex with Max Greenfield, and like it's a very very, not like it's again it's not Cinemax but it's for Ver- it's Veronica Mars meets Cinemax for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then the one of the main guys, I guess Dick Casablanca's the is the one who did the bombing at the beginning. He didn't make part of the bombings, so he gets run through with the machete, <laughs> and his head gets cut off. Like, I'm like, this is a crazy. Like I didn't. Like the Veronica Mars fans, even if you were a Veronica Mars fan, this would be like if you did this to, like we said it again, like to the Gilmore girls. If you right. turn Gilmore girls up to them, to the violence and sexy and makes make Lauren, <laughs> sorry, Lorelei start cursing <laughs> and like, I, that, well, actually, I kind of want to see that now, but yeah. this is. That it, would be more interesting to me than. But like, who financed and bankrolled a CSI version of Veronica Mars? for Hulu. Canon Can- TV. Colin <laughs> <Golden> Globus. <Yeah. laughs> they had all that Casa <laughs> that <laughs> money that's left over. <laughs> like, like, we got man, all these love streams. We, we did so we well with Gloria. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> we got a few hundred thousand that we didn't spend on Superman 4 and <laughs> yeah. we need to spend it before the all government right, comes right. forward. You know what? Throw it at Kristen Bell. <laughs> Back to my point. I've been hate watching a lot of stuff and like I just I feel like and I've been, I don't know, it's its, it's this weird time of like, I, I haven't seen anything really good at the theater um, mm-hmm. at all. Uh, and like the things that have been interesting, like I haven't seen yet, I haven't seen The Killer and I haven't seen Priscilla. But those are getting such small releases in a time that like, it seems like those would get bigger releases. Again, in a day and age of digital releases, why isn't like our local AMC showing The Killer or Priscilla.
0: They're showing garbage. Well, this is what I don't get, right? Is they're all showing Five Nights at Freddy, which okay, fine. I know that that I know there's a big fan base out for that. That's right. that's fine. But but I mean, the point is is that is also streaming at the same time. Right. So like you don't have and it's doing well at the box office. Great. Right. I, right. I, I, I try it's, I try to watch it, I fucking it's can't, t- it's right? Terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. But whatever. But okay, so yeah, why not put The Killer in, in a wider release? Right. Why and not you've put have got Priscilla a small theater the, somewhere?
1: Yeah. It, it, it as, as opposed sense. to showing Paw Patrol, the movie, you know, two months down the road, or like, and again, like we, I, we've, I guess AMC is showing, and again, this may just be a localized thing, but AMC is showing some Christian, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, all of the AMC is here showing that Christian after death thing or whatever. whatever,
1: and I'm like, I, I, these, how do these things exist? Out, they're they're completely outside of my periphery. Like a date like Sound of Freedom popped up for me as somebody who was like, I saw this and I was and then I was like, Yeah, I'm not gonna watch that because of right. this because of this studio and these like well, all of, these of red all of this stuff right? around there. Right. Um so yeah, I thank you for telling me that you saw a movie, but I'm not interested in this particular thing because of this. And you know, um and if you got something out of it, fine, whatever. But like it's so weird to me that all of these like christ films exist that just that, 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 that did you just make that up because if you did that's fucking amazing it's been a term i've been using for a while okay, that's so. really good i <laughs> like that a lot that's
0: that's fantastic that wow that is that's really good
1: but normally i i see those reserved for like uh you know the the lobbies of um fake er rooms and things like that you know the the, <laughs> the, 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 the quick care bullshit that we have in this country because we don't have socialized medicine. Um, and we like people to go into debt to die. So, Well,
0: yeah, it's go into debt or die. I mean, it, it's, it's right. the new version of debtor's prison.
1: So um, anyway, I don't know why, like, we're not being able to see those types of films. On a broad scale. Um, on, on a kid, because, I mean, like, you have to figure that everyone who saw Taylor Swift is done they're not gonna I mean like they're not going they're if not saying they, multiple if they go times, back right? Right, I mean like right. it's, it's because that is a completely event based thing you don't want to roll up into a theater to watch that by yourself you want to watch that in. Five. <laughs> are
0: you telling me I did it wrong
1: <laughs> oh man I wish I could have been a fly on the wall on that screening <laughs>
0: Just you like <laughs> playing the Ryan Adams versions of Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this is my emotionally abusive mansplaining take on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And then I guess you know the Marvels will be released.
1: Although I can't imagine, I don't feel like there's a lot of buzz or or, or excitement
0: for that movie. Well, there's all. bad buzz around it. And I and mean, I've heard a lot of, or I've seen a lot of like you know, kind of negative stuff written. I mean, I don't, I don't care. I don't. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll. Go see I'll it. See go it, enjoy it. I won't. I, well, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is the difference between you and I. I'm like, I'm not going to watch
1: the the Marvels. And then, yeah. So it's just a weird time. And like I said, I mean, and there's room for things like Priscilla and, and the killer that, and it's weird to me that the killer is such a thing. And like, and, and also, yeah, because again, it just kind of exists as a, Oh, I want to go see that. But I, but I don't know anybody who's talking about it after they've seen it. Right. I hear that it's decent, but I mean, like, I don't know. It's weird to me that that exists like it does. And then five nights at Freddy's exists like it does. And it's such a contrast of like five nights at Freddy makes $78 million opening weekend, but it also opened up on Peacock the exact, and it's the yeah. same version. It's, I mean, I yeah, get, no, it's I, the same exact thing. And I, yeah. I appreciate a fandom that, it, that is, that sure. is passionate enough to go go see it at the theater. That's what
0: we want to have happen and not admit that it's terrible. Right, right.
1: I mean, I think it's one of those things where it's it's been so long. In, they've been thinking about this movie forever. It's been so long in the making. This whole thing was cinematic to begin with. Yeah, yeah. There's already an R-rated pseudo version of this out there called mm-hmm. Willie's Wonderland that, that Nicolas right, Cage that, starred that, in. That, yeah. um, and so I think all of this will do is obviously fuel Five Nights at Freddy's 2, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, I don't know. That's where so, I am. That's, okay. that's what's new.
0: So, along with this kind of like hate watching idea, let's just go ahead and get Killers of the Flower Moon out of the way, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: The Osage
0: took their name from Missouri and Osage rivers. Neukonska. Children of the Middle Waters. Move, said the great
1: white father. There are many So many hungry wolves. Can you find the wolves in this picture? picture.
0: Fire! So, look, this is Scorsese's film based on David Grand's 2017 book. It focuses on the reign of terror, a term the Osage Nation used to define the murders of at least 60 tribal, oh, tribal, tribal members in They're- the late 1920s. There are indigenous people in this movie. I know. Shock spoiler. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, this this is, to I know. That? I know. If you but haven't seen this, two white men. Spoiler alert. Trying to spoiler, get back. Spoiler. What they deserve. Spoiler alert. There are indigenous people in this film. They're not, contrary to popular popular belief, just cardboard cutouts. <laughs> They're not just AI. <laughs> so, so this was in the late twenties. Uh, the murders committed by white men, who often married their victims, were undertaken to obtain oil rights held by the Osage. So yeah, too long, too white, too focused on the gangster story. I, is is this
1: Scorsese's longest? It's got to be, right? I don't know how long The Irishman was, but it's, this has got to be I, longer I, than The
0: Irishman. I think so. I mean, they're both long, and at a certain point, yeah, they're both pointless. R- but right, yeah, I, I'm yeah, just to, trying to, to, figure, to figure out. a certain point, they're both pointless. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, um, but probably. Um, Do you want to go? 3 do hours you, 26 minutes Go
1: ahead. And I was just trying to figure out how we want to approach this cuz we both hated this movie. Uh and um well I uh, I mean like a, yeah. a, and, and like do we want to come at it from a perspective of what people who say they liked it?
0: Well can I first can I can no, we start please. here yeah, like start why somewhere. why is this film? <laughs> cuz I don't know where to start other than just <laughs> I was like Jesus other <laughs> than just like God, I'm sorry I try I try fueled no. fire rage. So I I I I'd like to start because something that I just saw that really kind of confused me was why is this film, why did this film cost $200 million?
1: That's a good point. And so the Irishman did as well. Like those two, and, I, and the Irishman, I think, but from the perspective of uh just the de-aging and the technology. Sure. But this around. doesn't have that. No, I can't imagine. That's... I can't imagine why this would cost any more than gangs of New York or I, uh,
0: Honestly, I, I mean, Goodfellas was like twenty five, thirty million dollars, right? Now, no, granted, that's nineteen ninety dollars. No, no, no. I know, and, I know, and, I know. But I mean, but like Wolf of
1: Wall Street, like it, that's a hundred million dollar film, right? I mean, yeah. like, and and at this point, he's starting to push up against being able to make money back, right? I mean, like he's oh, he's not gonna make th- he's not no no no. Know, I know, yeah. I know I, no. What I'm, I'm sorry, I meant I, I misspoke when I talking about Wolf of Wall Street. Things like yeah. The Departed, he's creeping along the hundred million dollar box office. Of a hundred million dollar movie. He's in the Mm -hmm. Woody Allen range of like, I'm going to make a movie and it's always going to lose money, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. there are going to be people that throw money at me because they want to make a Woody Allen film and say they did. Right. Yeah. But why this cost 200 million, unless he was like really digging oil wells. I don't know. This does not look, this is an ugly fucking movie. Right. This is probably the, 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 the worst cinematography I think I've seen and the most amateurish that I've it seen yeah. in, in set and segments on, on a Scorsese film, especially the ending p- p- portion of it in the aerial y- shots. But like, yeah, but this isn't, this is a dour,
0: ugly, you know, it, 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 and you're talking about looking, not just the story. No, 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 I mean, no, no. I'm right, just, I'm just right. talking about
1: visually speaking. This movie does not jump out at you in any way. Um, there are some, there's not really even really any intriguing. I think the, the opening, like, death sequences some of those were kind of clever Mm, like mm -hmm, when they're when mm -hmm, they're killing the sisters mm -hmm. um but i don't but past that once you get and then you get into the courtroom scenes and and once you once dicaprio gets into town which is pretty early on obviously um all of it is is just i mean yeah i can't imagine why this would have cost more than 15 million dollars to shoot
0: oppenheimer had a hundred million dollar budget something like that yeah barbie 145 Right. Right. And, and I know we haven't seen The Killer, but we will. We're going to talk about it next time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but the, and The Killer had $175 million budget, which is like, fucking why? Like, I mean, right. I know that Fincher is whatever Fincher is and sort of perfectionist and wants this and that, but this I, is all just Netflix and Apple money. It's, well, true. And I think it's
1: got to be inflated, right? It's one of those, it seems like at this point, it's, it's inflated to the point where we're definitely not going to make a profit on this. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't have to pay Lily Gladstone or any of these, well, these right. other so, actors. So DiCaprio
0: that, got thirty million,
1: right? Of course, and yeah. I'm Which, sure De Niro okay. did sure. as well, and I'm right. sure Scorsese. So I bet the hundred million dollars at the top is those three names. Yeah, but
0: like, but then what's the extra hundred million dollars? But also then like, why? Right, right, and, right. And, and and this goes along with this idea that you know Scorsese before the film opens gives this kind of heartfelt, you know, thank you for coming to the theater. To watch this film. That means a lot to me. That has a special place in my heart. Does it though? <laughs> <laughs> right. You weren't dying it, to make this movie. Well, that's what I mean. And I'm not, and I'm not saying like, you know, do stuff for free. That's not what I mean. But does, how much does Scorsese need to do a passion project?
1: Right. Like how much did he make, how much did he get paid to get, to do silence?
0: Right. Right. So,
1: yeah. I mean, look, all of that is grandstanding horse shit. They don't give a fuck who sees it and when, no. when they see it. That, 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 no. That's just AMC paid me another 5 million. So I go up and do this kind of like thing. He
0: knows it's going to go on Apple TV plus like sometime this month. He knows (laughs) that that's the, that's the deal. But I mean, the fact that Paramount was like, whoa, we're not going to give you 200 million to do this. So he's like, okay. And he goes and he courts Netflix and Apple TV. Right. To or an Apple to say, like, this is this is what I want.
1: And these guys want this because they want to pull in the Oscars. Of course. The nominations, of right? Course. So of all course. that this does is it makes them look like they're big players in a right. market that, that doesn't really like them well, in the first in, place.
0: Right. Because now we're doing this streaming wars thing where like all these movies. I mean I mean these Netflix and Apple are they want to become studios in their own well, way. It's their right? own way to grow, right? This yeah. is that this is this latent
1: stage capitalism that exists as well that you you've run out of areas in which to make you you can't unless Netflix is encouraging people to breed and then having those children also subscribe <laughs> to Netflix. There is no more room <laughs> for Netflix to Netflix to, to grow. At birth, you get a 14-day free trial.
0: Right? You're born with an <laughs> you just AOL You have to disc put your credit card in. <laughs> a thousand hours of AOL The doctor free. hands shoot that. Congratulations I'm with your pressure to think It's mother, father, login name, password. password. (laughs) But look, I think, I think along with all this stuff, I think Scorsese is really in love with himself in this film. And it's so self-indulgent and it feels like it exists. I mean, to kind of what you were just saying a a few minutes ago, this kind of exists for people who already have a hard on for Scorsese to clap their hands and go, Oh, he's still got it. He's still got it. And (laughs) is this his best work? And I'm like, just fuck off. I don't, I, I,
1: I, I, so from the perspective of what do people like about this? And I, the only thing I really hear is that it is like, has this been Scorsese movie, right? This is Scorsese and you know, and it's, it may be Scorsese light, but it's still Scorsese. Yeah. And it's too long, but it's Scorsese and yeah, there's too many, there's this and that, but it's Scorsese. Fuck you. Right. Like, right. and fuck Scorsese in this case. <laughs> I mean, and I'll, we'll get into the reasons why, and this will this will be an hour long diatribe about how why Killers of the Flower Moon sucks my ass. But this, this <laughs> like, but I mean, seriously, fuck yeah, him. No, right. Like, and, right. and this it, one, like you said before, and this was off mic, but you said this is like a this is like a Scorsese's greatest hits album, right? Right. But not with with any of the nuance or panache of like like of of, of an actual greatest hits album. Like, there's nothing to draw you back in. We get a long tracking shot. We get a bunch of, you know, murder shots. We get a fucking sequence set. You know, it's all that shit that we,
0: okay, Like fine. a musical montage kind of
1: thing, yeah. Right. It, it, this is, but, it, but none of, it's like Scorsese is phoning it in as well. Like, it's- But like, doesn't know it. <laughs> I guess. I, I mean, it, it seems like, I, I,
0: d- d- did he really give a shit about this movie? Yeah. Like, like. And, well, and, and I don't think he, I, look, honestly, I don't think he gives a shit about the story. The story well, that's behind this, the story that, like... Okay, so you know, let's, is there let's... I'm sorry. I mean, No, like, no, yeah. no, you're right, you're right. Let's jump into
1: it, right? This is... He's telling the same... And we've talked about this when we talked about Schrader. He's telling mm-hmm. the same fucking story he is always told. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's trying to tell the story of a villainous white guy, and he can't get out of his own way to not make that villainous white guy either sympathetic or... Uh, in the worst cases you a know hero. You, like charismatic right and 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 so in this case he doesn't really ha- make them charismatic right he he dirties up leo's teeth and he makes him sort of unattractive and and de Niro's this like maniacal mustache twirling evil person so we don't really get on board there but ultimately this movie tells a story of a dullard white boy who gets caught up in a crime syndicate who's also a piece of shit himself mm-hmm who takes advantage of an indigenous population population at the at the behest of internal greed and his and his uncle um and then we're made to feel sympathetic to him when he gets arrested and he's torn between two lives that he doesn't like either of them and and, and then when his child dies we're left with this sequence of you know a 5 minute crying sequence of him in jail and then that's it. Mm-hmm. So then this, and then the whole, the, 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 lasting moments that you're given with this character is, did he, or didn't he, did he poison his wife or didn't he, did he know that his uncle was not giving her insulin for a diabetes or did he? So now we're left with this confusion of whether or not this white character is as evil as we think he is. Or, you know, again, or as the people who on the, who who are, in the courtroom and the U.S. government are positing that he
0: is. Fuck you! <laughs> yeah, going back to your point, wait, there's indigenous people in this film? This whole, like, and this goes back into, like,
1: this movie is so fucking bad that it calls into question everything that he's done before. Like, to the extent of, like, I if you don't have Schrader along the lines with Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, mm-hmm. fucking...
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: How bad are those fucking movies? Mm-hmm. How unredeemable are those characters. And 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 yeah. so it's so infuriating and, and like he does, like he pulls it off in Godfather. He pulls it off in Wolf of Wall Street to his extent, not Godfather, <laughs> into Goodfellas. They shouldn't start with the same two letters, okay? I can't keep anger and rational thought right. in my head at the same no, time. No, you're right,
0: you're right, you're right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why I didn't say anything. I just shook my head. <laughs> he pulls it off with in Goodfellas because in Goodfellas one, the whole idea of the of being a gangster, you're stealing money from people you don't really know. You're stealing money from you're stealing money from the big guy. This has always been an American dream, kind of fucking your way up to the top, mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. And also, there's a there's a there's a um, an allure to that level of crime when it's kind of a faceless crime in Wolf of Wall Street he does a really brilliant thing of never showing you the people that Jordan Belfort are fucking over although there are hundreds of them you know thousands of them that he does that he ruins their lives mm-hmm. and we're left with Belfort at the end still being pretty much on top um, but he doesn't show it and DiCaprio's charismatic enough and you get caught up in the craziness and zaniness of of the, that ultra rich lifestyle that you kind of just go along with all the fucks in the 3 hours and you're entertained the entire time here you are given you were you were given a front row seat to the people that, that not only <laughs> DiCaprio's fucking over, them, but the Scorsese's fucking over. Yeah, and and they're given the, all of the characterization of the indigenous folks here. That the, they're the only interesting thing about this movie. The only interesting thing. Otherwise, you've you've gotten a really poor man's There Will Be Blood, which There Will Be Blood is great. Right. But that is right. a man's self destruction. That is not a man fucking right. over the remainder right. of of an entire population. Also, this is a very small portion of how these people actually got fucked over. So that's a whole <laughs> other thing that we can talk about, too. But this movie should have been about the five sisters and their plight and and why they were being fucked over by the U.S. government and how they were trying to overcome that, integrate themselves into society, why they would be with these white men who they knew were fucking them over, why how the helplessness they felt. This should have been way more women talking than it was yeah. fucking— You know, Goodfellas meets There Will Be Blood meets fucking Scorsese's worst fucking impulses.
0: Yeah, because we get this. In those other films, we don't see the victims. Here we do, right? Here we see the victims close up. And, I mean, I don't know. Is he trying to do like a banality of evil thing? I know that like evil is one of the things that he's always sort of focused on in these films, right? I mean, Goodfellas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But here, I mean, we've got those victims and we just don't explore any of it and why i don't i just you know her her boozy and i forget this sorry i mean and and, and, like these sisters are just stereotypes right they're just like the only the only character that really i don't know pops is lily gladstone and she's not really given much to do any like on the page she's nothing everyone else is even worse because they're just these like stereotypes like one guy is always a drunk indian right one sister's a floozy, right? <laughs> I mean, floozy. Does anyone say that anymore? <laughs> we do okay. here on
1: this podcast. We we bring back okay. floozy. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> we let them own it. You can be a floozy, and that's that's, that's great. That's your choice. <laughs> but that but like, yeah. right. This is true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I I do think yeah, I agree with you that that Gladstone, the fact that she can elevate the role to be notable at all is, is astonishing. Right. Because all she's meant to be is a sickly person in the background. And really she's given no agency. Um, The best parts of the movie are when she really is kind of being coy with DiCaprio and like still being, um, you know, cautious with him. There's so much that's left on the table here too. This would be like, this would be a ridiculously interesting movie. We have the, you know the the elder statesman the, you know the grandmother um who exists and kind of and who sees mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. you know sees the owl come in and and then they have like, She sees everything like, had, right? had Scorsese taken this and flipped it and gotten the Osage to come in and help him with the script help him well, with well apparently the
0: story. they he did uh, he didn't film any of that. right and well, that was my thought, so I mean I think there was a they, lot of like um i want to say collaboration, but that doesn't feel right. Right. I think there was consultation, but it doesn't feel like they took any of that. I, I, I can see maybe consultation of how it
1: existed in their extravagance yeah. and how um, some of the events played out from the government, you know, talking about whether you're dependent or not. And, what, uh, you know, those types of like kind of real world facts of the moment. But, but even but those, they don't do anything. They don't it. do anything. I and, mean, and they, I,
0: fi- I find those like I find that really interesting and in how how the kind of how those systems of power right kept them kind of down right right. kept them oppressed even as they had all this money and they had to go to someone to release their own money and they had to (laughs) tell them like oh i'm incompetent They had to actually say to someone yeah my name is right maggie burkhart incompetent how fucking demeaning yeah but we just we get to watch that but Nothing else is really. Yeah, done. you don't dive into it. You don't dive. In
1: fact, you're kind of thrown in and never really explained. And it really would have been nice to like live in a moment. Like, if you want to give this film any sort of gravitas at all, live in a moment where the Osage really are, it, to, as much as they possibly can, can flourishing in the environment. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We see mm-hmm. the fast cars and and but. You know, almost
0: caricatures at that point yeah though, right at that point and it was, oh well, look at
1: what these silly people these these nouveau riche that's right? exactly how you're supposed to see them right i mean is 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 that and it's it's weird like white saviorism that de niro serves and then dicaprio serves and then jesse uh Plymouth serves yeah and and then ultimately fucking scorsese what the fuck was he thinking <laughs> serves at the end of the movie that, that, I mean, so like it's four hours long and you get four different white saviors. All of them are basically, none of them are doing anybody, but they're not actually saving anybody. Yeah. I mean, and again, yeah. they, it's, you it's know. It's this bla- faux allyship. Right, right. It's fucking crazy. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it, it is a terrible movie. But it's but not only that it, it is right. But it is just it's just disgusting <clears throat> that in 2023 this is the movie that Scorsese this is the Scor movie that Scorsese is going out on. I'm sure he'll make other films, but this yeah. is this sort of, sort of magnum opus that I'm willing to tell, and I'm going to put DiCaprio and De Niro at the forefront of this movie when they should at best be background
0: players in in Lily Gladstone and her sister's right. story. Right, right. I I just don't, and I I still don't understand why people. Like this film, why people are praising this film in print, online, wherever, <laughs> and, 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 don't, and, and, and aren't, oh, look, it's not that I'm right about everything, <laughs> but, the... <laughs> but, but, but this sort of praise being heaped on this film, I just do not understand. It's, I, I mean, I just, it just seems lazy. Like it just seems
1: like we're not going to shit on a guy who's got one or two films left in him and that's at the, but that's, at the end of his career and that's
0: dumb. I mean we, and we've talked about this kind of like idolatry on 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 this very podcast, <laughs> right? We've have, we've have discussed this idea and this is what drives me insane, right? I mean like look, look, it's not good. Call him out on it. He'll be fine. Right, it doesn't right? matter, and, right? And and I'm not here to say that he's a look, I might not be the biggest Scorsese fan, but I'm not saying he's a shit filmmaker. Right. He's he's again probably what one one of if not our best american director yeah right i mean him spielberg john ford yeah i yeah. mean like when it I comes mean, down to like epic films like this yeah, yeah absolutely i mean so so i'm i'm look i'm admitting that right <laughs> but this is not that this is definitely not that like and, this I, like it like the i think
1: the best thing that i can say for it is that it's somewhat competent like from a well, filmmaking sure, perspective sure. like it tells a story but okay, just assume that it's a good movie. It's still three hours and fifty or forty or 30 twenty-six or whatever. And it's the still... Irishman
0: is three hours and twenty-nine. Oh, okay, so it's the second longest movie. Mm. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> but it, it is still, it's still an hour and a half too long. <clears throat> like, there's no reason. There is no story that's being told here that mm. that requires the 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 hubris. Of a three and a half hour movie, it just it just doesn't exist. Like, and you know, we don't even really get into his desire to behave like Nolan in his use of cameos, but like the the insistence on having Brendan Fraser in it, John Lithgow. He, it's just like it, Fraser is so nonsensical in this movie, and like just. Like someone told him that he was a, you know, behave as if you were a junior high player yeah. and you just got told you were going to be, you just got told you were going to be in a AC film. So acted to the fucking rafters because it's your yeah. last shot. Yeah. But also like,
0: who cares? Right. I mean, I, I mean, right. like, I mean, it, it doesn't, but I think it's weird too, that people are outraged about Fraser's performance in his film. It's no, kind of right. like, it's, it's, who it gives is, a shit? I mean, right. he's in there for like a few minutes, whatever. Okay. Ha ha, go away. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It's stupid. Um, I, I, I want to there was a recent article in Vox written by the Comanche and Muskogee um, writer and filmmaker Jason Asnap? Asnap I don't know, I don't know how to pronounce the name um, but this comes back to what we were just talking about why is Scorsese making this film and he says, this is a quote why can't white people stay out of it and let us as indigenous people work up to this on our own timeline, spoiler alert it's the money We don't have it, they do. Yeah. And 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 I think that like that really it gets to this question of who can and who should tell certain stories, right? I don't think the Scorsese is the right guy to tell this story. Clearly, I don't think that, right? But I mean, but why not have some of these other filmmakers do this? There are people out there. I mean, look at reservation dogs exist, Mm -hmm. right? This is a film about indigenous people made by indigenous people and it's brilliant, right? Um, Even the unknown country, right? The the Lily Gladstone starring film was made in complete collaboration with indigenous women from producing to acting, to consulting, to writing. And the filmmaker has admitted that and has like phrased them as much as possible. And they in turn have praised her back for that kind of collaboration. Right. People are out there doing this in a way that isn't self-serving and self aggrandizing. Yeah.
1: It, it, it calls the question like why really anybody involved in this got involved in this to begin with. Mm-hmm. I can kind of understand from an Osage perspective of like if someone's going to tell the story. We should, we should at least yes. pull yeah. a seat up to the table and try to help out. Um, but like, why is DiCaprio in this? Like, why is De Niro in this? He and, loves that money. I, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and and maybe on paper it read different in the way that it ended up coming out, but I can't imagine that being the case.
0: Well, um, and it, I don't think it did because he, he changed roles, right? He was initially right. brought on to play the Plemons part because I, I don't know if at a certain point Scorsese, I mean, because the book, the book is also about the kind of birth of the FBI. I'm not going to read the book. Um, I have no real desire to read that sort of genre of nonfiction book, whatever. Right. Right. And you say what you will. But that book, you know, the, the title after the colon is in the birth of the modern FBI. So that plays much more of a part in it. And I wonder how much then they changed when DiCaprio was like, what if I did this instead? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I don't I don't
1: look we can we can watch the documentary when the eventual criterion release gets done. But nope. uh, <laughs> um, so let's talk about the the radio play then. Mm. This is the last thing that really
0: pisses me off. OK. OK. So the same writer had a quote about that. Can I, can yeah, I please, read please, you that please. first? Yeah. Okay. So he writes about the ending. Many have praised the penultimate scene in the film. I thought it was an exercise in buffoonery, one that changes the tone of the film considerably and leaves me thinking I simply must have missed something in the three hours and 26 minutes of story where this would have made sense.
1: Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it really is. It is so amateurish that... It It is mind boggling that it is in or this. OK, so let's take a look at Goodfellas in the last scene in Goodfellas, right, where he is in the witness protection program and he breaks the fourth wall and he comes out and says, you know, I'm a nobody. I get, you know, I get, I've got egg noodles and ketchup kind of shit. Right. um Which dehumanizes that character, like gives that character the worst. That he could possibly think of. He's His kind no, of comeuppance, right? He's nobody at this point. He's lived this life of, of debauchery and crime and fucked over everybody he possibly could, and now he's nobody. We've sat here and watched Lily Gladstone be literally poisoned her entire life, have everything taken away from her, her family murdered in mm. front of her, had everybody gaslighting her throughout her entire existence. At the criminal trial we are left with DiCaprio turning coat on De Niro and saying, basically giving the government the testimony that that he they wanted in the beginning, but also then having him lose Lily Gladstone because he's called into question of whether he was poisoning her or not. And he kind of doesn't answer like he actually knows or not. And then the movie cuts to a radio drama uh, where there is a highly offensive reenactment of the last part of, 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 you know, the, basically the epilogue of this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last, and, and, and where we are like, I mean, it's product placement and we get to, we get to look at Foley artists and, and, and focus on how they make, you know, foot and foot steps, noises on sound on, effects. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's, and, so, okay, that's all fine and good when you're in Little Shop of Horrors, and we want to, and then that's or funny, Annie <laughs> right, right, exactly, <laughs> and then Scorsese comes out like he's some sort of fucking white knight and and lays out the remainder of lily gladstone's life, and he's really sad, and he does it in this really somber tone, but he completely undercuts her whatever little victory, whatever little uh, existence of her life afterwards so he comes out and he and he talks about how she gets remarried and and all of these things and she lives and she dies and blah but and we don't get nearly enough detail and we get way too much from him and like so you take her last moment on screen is realizing that her husband the father of her children may have been poisoning her and he's too stupid to know if he really was a pawn in that game while he was also killing her family members or he actually knew and just couldn't say it to her face. And so in that same vein, then she has, she finally divorces him. You don't see that. You don't see that devastation Mm -hmm. on him. She remarries. You don't see that happiness. You don't give her, you don't give that character anything anything other than let this white fucking director, In his pseudo radio drama, come on and give a cameo, which he's very rarely done. Yeah. Like this is, he's not in Night Shyamalan. He's, he was in, I can name on on one hand the time that he's shown up in his face. Yeah, and like the voice, his voice will be there. Sure, sure. Right, Right. he's the the radio operator in uh, Bringing bringing Out out the the Dead dead and that kind of shit. Why? Why? You're fucking, you are Martin fucking Scorsese. You've written some. You've directed some of the most important films in in the history of U.S. film, and this is what you're doing. You're coming out on your three hour and twenty six minute film, and bookending it with some bullshit. You should have just given us a fucking text over. You know, one. You should have showed. You should have told her story. You should have focused on Lily Gladstone, and then you go to this fucking Kenneth Branagh as fucking drone shot of the of the Osage drumming. Fuck you, yeah, and that bad. and that movie looks like that fucking shot looks but, like it's filmed on a fucking iPhone uh, nine. It's really bad. It's yeah, terrible. It Looks terrible.
0: And like, and that's supposed to make it okay? Didn't the Apple logo come up like after that? <laughs> yeah, and, and like, like been filmed you. on iPhone. Right? Like, <laughs> it, it it is the most insulting ending to a film that I've seen in a really really long. It's time. It's really bad, and I'm tired of people sort of like trying to retcon this and saying, oh well, you see what he did was. He was talking about how we, you know, sort of like presuppose this sort of true crime podcast. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Right. Like, no, this he, is like you're just this is bullshit. You're just trying to make this work in your own head <laughs> because you're like, why did he do that? Oh, he must have had a really good. No, he didn't have a good reason. He was patting himself on the back. And again, this is not. Whatever he was trying to do, he should have rethought it because like like we've said off my like. Um, Jason Aznep said, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his fucking name. We apologize." But right, that he completely changed anything that was there before. He completely changed the tone of the movie we just watched.
1: Yeah. It, yeah, he completely undercuts, look,
0: let's whatever just, he was <clears throat> trying to do.
1: Let's assume that he truly did think he was telling the story of the Osage. Let's assume that he thought he was doing them justice. Anything that he did At that, up until the point of the radio drama, like you said, was completely undercut by the radio drama. It is a, it is akin to the fucking ending to Unbreakable, where they just go, they just cut to fucking, you know, just a text. It is, it is exactly the same fucking thing. It just, it, it, and again, I don't necessarily mind that as much, but in this case, like I, it, it is infuriating for you to sit there for three hours and twenty fucking some odd minutes and have to sit through Scorsese fucking breaking his own arm to pat himself on the back to tell the final cuz again like he he's the one who had to tell the story of Lily's you know Lily's outcome and again, you yeah. why didn't you we're already 3 hours and 26 minutes in. Fucking give me another 10 minutes and let, let her fucking show that shit out. Right. Let me right. see her, let me see her in a Cassavetes dream sequence where she's happy in a backyard at right. a birthday party. Yeah. 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 And she may not have oodles of oil money, but at least she has a fucking life which is all she ever fucking wanted in the first fucking yeah. place. Yeah. Fuck you, Scorsese. Fuck you, DiCaprio. Fuck you, De Niro, and fuck everybody who likes this fucking movie. You're fucking wrong.
0: (laughs) You're fucking wrong. So how do you really feel about this? No, no, I, um, I mean. But please listen to this podcast. And we still love you. (laughs) No, I I walked out of the theater and I think I just went, fuck this, right? I mean, no, it's, it's. This movie is what
1: is, is what gives cinephiles a bad name. Yeah. because everybody who else, who everyone who's not a Scorsese, who doesn't have Scorsese's dick in their mouth, will walk out of this movie going <laughs> like, uh-uh. well, they're going to walk out at hour two. Like when we were waiting for the our movie to yeah, start, this guy came out uh-huh. and was like at the bar, and he's like, it's like watching fucking paint dry. This guy didn't give a shit. He did. He was not yeah. a Scorsese. I mean, whatever. But he's not fucking. He's wrong. He's not wrong. Mm-mm. And and you and I were like. You know, at the beginning you were like, well, maybe it's just one of those things where you got to see it a couple times. And it like, shit, yeah. nuances come out. And like, I'm
0: not fucking watching that motherfucking nope. movie again. Nope. And I I mean, I told you when I got to the theater, I'm like, I'm, I'm, inter- I'm really interested in seeing this. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I wasn't like, oh, this is going to fucking suck. This is, I wanted it to be good. I wanted to really like it. Yeah, I, I really did. I really did. I know everyone thinks that I just hate everything <laughs> automatically. But guess what? I don't. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and I'm not just going to say I liked it because of Scorsese because I have my own thoughts and my own opinions. Yeah. I um, just... And I hate, I mean, I hate, the, I mean like the poster, for this movie should have told us. Yeah. Because, you're right. Because you know, whose face is smallest? Lily Gladstone. Yeah. Right. Everyone else is these big looming white faces and it's not the looming white faces of fear. It's like, Hey, this is who this story is actually about this is the movie I'm making. It's not about the, the indigenous people.
1: Right. And then at, <clears throat> at no point can we ever can like, again, at some point you can connect with Travis Bickle.
0: You can, y- yes. He, yes, yes, that guy's a psychotic, yeah. but, but he's also this kind of like isolated individual in this big kind of world. Right. And he doesn't know how to like deal with it. Right. Right. You can connect with Jake LaMotta you can
1: connect with Jordan Belfort to a certain extent. That desire, this like, this kind of perver- like striving for greatness, kind perversion of the a- American dream kind yeah, of thing, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, Where yeah. you're you you make some bad mistakes and and for good intention type of shit, and then 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 all gets lost in your hubris and ego. At some point, I think you can all you can connect. And again, those are movies about self destruction. Those are well, and I know Strader wasn't involved in, in Wolf of Wall Street, but like if we compare this, and I know that we're going to get accused of like blowing Paul Schrader way too much on this podcast. But if you look at the last three films of Scorsese and you look at the last three films of Schrader, I think you can see a progression of an artist and I think you can see a progression of a commercial piece of shit.
0: Yeah, no, you're not wrong. And I think actually the Schrader comparison is a really good one, right? Because they work together because they know how each other work. And both, I think admittedly, admittedly would say, we keep exploring the same territory, but Schrader's trying to do it in a different way, through different lenses, through different experiences. And he's giving those characters time on the screen. Even the secondary characters are getting time on the screen. We can understand the motivations and the feelings and actions and thoughts of Amanda Seafried, of the guy in Card Counter and mm-hmm. And the young woman. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. <laughs> even and though Tiffany I can't Harris, remember their names. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they are actualized characters, right? They are characters. Yeah. There 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 are no other characters in this film except for DiCaprio and Niro. And I mean, even some of the like no name white guys get a ton more to do and are more well, interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh is it Susie's wife, uh, husband, the the one that they end up killing, um, that they blow up their house. I mean, he's given more to do than his um, wife is.
0: Um, Jason Isbell. Oh, that's who that is. That's Jason Isbell. Okay. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Okay. Listeners. I like Jason Isbell. (laughs) What did he, he was the lead singer train, wasn't he? Like, I don't even know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, look, he was a a member of Drive By Truckers. Okay, I did right? like Drive By Truckers. And yeah, then yeah. he and you know Patterson Hood kicked him out because he was drunk and high all the time. Well, right. Now now he's sober and right. he's like making music, also like with his wife. Who's yeah, not like, too um, like. Okay,
1: look, he'll Brian Adams himself sooner or later. He
0: won't. <laughs> <laughs> now Drive By Truckers was around for a long time too. So I, yeah, yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah. yeah,
1: but Isabel gets more of a story. I mean, Plemons gets way more of a story. And I like Plemons, but then, then he deserves. Right, right. Frazier gets more of a story than than than. than yeah, they, all, they mean, all get more space and, and more then, room. And, and, like, it's almost like Scorsese didn't really even give a shit. Like, because you see those, like, tribal scenes where they're like, we're going to go and we're going to do this. and We're going to talk to the government. And even then, like, some of those aren't well put together. You're still you come back and it's like a very weirdly like that 70s show like basement sequence where you just spin around each character. It
0: really is. (laughs) Oh, wow,
1: I didn't even think about that. And (laughs) then and and then but you still come back and focus on on De Niro and and DiCaprio. I, I don't even think DiCaprio gives a good performance here because like. I don't think DiCaprio at this stage in his career can really play that kind of dumbed down ugly Mm. role. This is not who's eating Gilbert grape kind of like he's past this. He's, he's past being able to hide himself under prosthetics and bad teeth to be like, even someone like Brad Pitt can play 12 monkeys and ugly. I'm not sure DiCaprio can really pull that off. Well, um, then the best he can do is in like the revenant. But again, that's a single, you know, it's still, he's still DiCaprio, right? Um, so yeah. I, I I don't think this this was the right role for him, and I think he probably should have taken the kind of Cocksure FBI role. Like, here's the thing: like, if that's the story that Scorsese wants to tell, then let then tell that story, right? I mean, like, yeah. Why yeah. have why have anybody in of name in that? And actually, Plemons would have been a much better. That those roles being switched would have been much better. Yeah. Plemons plays the the he that plays, kind of he
0: plays dumb like really well, right? Right, right.
1: and he plays kind of. I don't know. I, ugly is the wrong term,
0: but you know, I mean, that kind no, of kind of dorky. I mean, think think of his character in Friday Night Lights. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. exactly who that is. Just kind of like doofusy and and someone you know, who could be manipulated.
1: And I I, yes, I believe yeah. more often yeah. than not that that Clemens <clears throat> that that someone like Gladstone would have been attracted to Clemens because of his pseudo innocence, like DiCaprio with the with the teeth. He looks like he just got out of a stint in Folsom. I mean, like so like him being a bad boy doesn't really, like I never really believe their relationship. And again, I know that this is nitpicking on the, on a level that this film doesn't deserve, but, yeah. but I don't believe, I guess I mean, I'm mean i repeating my point, but I don't believe that that, that relationship really, they had a whole lot of chemistry. I think what Gladstone brings to it. And I think the moments where Gladstone like side eyes and like kind of, so she's outstanding. Like that, the, 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 the sequences where she kind of like laughs inside of herself. And like, again, you just do not get, but it's when she gets sick, it's essentially over. You're not giving her anything. You sideline her at that. Right. Point. And, and it's, it's so frustrating because then we focus on all again, all of the evil. And at that point, make the evil happen fast, make this really have some sort of gravitas and, and, and an emotional weight. If it, otherwise we're just, we're plotting with, with morons, to do moronic things. And, yeah. and, to, and like, so we spend an, an inordinate amount of time with a, a no na- a nothing character that steals DiCaprio's car. And then that guy comes back up in a JFK we're going to pull the surprise witness and testify against you. We don't need any of that shit If the FBI was good, they would have just pulled. I mean, again, that's a five minute character, not even a five minute character. That is a, a 30 second character that you pull up and go, Oh shit. I remember that guy. Mm-hmm. But now since we've spent mm-hmm. so much fucking mm-hmm. time with him, of course he's going to come back. Like this is, so like how from a, just from a storytelling perspective, how did he muddle this and muck this up so badly? Cause it's so bloated. It, I mean, yeah, it's like you, you, it's like he started out with saying, let me see if I can make a movie longer than the Irishman. And, and he's like, oh fuck, I can't really do it, but hey, well, whatever here, we'll leave all this other shit in. Cause we gave it a good college try, but like, yeah, all of the, you know, all of the, I don't know, just it, like that whole sequence. And then the, the sequence of them trying to figure out how to blow up the house and like him going off and talking to, you don't need any of that. Let the, I mean, again, I don't give a shit at this point about factual accuracy. Have DiCaprio be a fucking yeah. bomb expert. In, it's a in, movie. In the, you know, in the war and have him blow up the house or have him know somebody, have an old army buddy come in and they'll blow up. I
0: mean, who gives <clears> a shit, right? It, it, it can be done in a quick conversation. Instead, we go to camp after camp after camp, and we talk to these guys. And but it's all because you feel like Scorsese is like, "Oh, these two white criminals are really kind of interesting." And look at their characters, and look at how they're acting. And they're not. And they're not. And they're not. This is not even a good
1: heist movie. This is not even a good setup. Like, of course, you have too much humanity to make it that good. Because if it was compelling on that side then you'd be upset when 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 you wouldn't be upset when it actually what the horrificness of the nature of what their crimes were you wouldn't be upset um but i mean and and I, one of my last points is his invoking tulsa in the in the yeah. movie as well like okay so america the point of this movie has to be right that america's completely forgotten these people and forgotten this travesty you're invoking tulsa in the same vein, because Tulsa has gotten some light because of Watchmen and what's going on. I mean, like, and obviously just in general, right? Well, and our
0: bogeyman of like CRT and all this stuff. Right, right, right. Yes. right. Yeah.
1: And so there's there's reasons that's bubbled up. You're including it to compare it. And then you do the worst thing you could possibly do by basically saying, well, we, we, we ignored it for a reason.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like, why bring that up if you're not going to, oh, no, this is infuriating. <laughs> i mean
1: that's the thing is that this movie is so bad it's so bad it's it's hard to like then dig down on why technically it is just not good storytelling it, it, it or not even really good acting um the filmmaking of it aspect of it, i don't know i'm i maybe I'm, I'm muddling my points in this point because i'm so angry about it but like it's it
0: mm-hmm. at least we have an excuse <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's so much wrong with this that digging down to the level of well He's still, it's still bloated and it's still focusing on the wrong characters and it's still poor storytelling is secondary to the fact that the story that he was telling in the first place was not the story he should be telling. And also, even if in the the story that should have been told, shouldn't have been told by him. Right. And even if it was, he should have had more input from, I just, I don't want to fucking, okay. How, how, why wouldn't this have been as more
0: as Scorsese presents, you know, and given it a a $50 million budget and have it to be somebody else. Think of the fucking souvenir. Yeah. Right. I mean, those two films I absolutely love. I don't know what your thoughts on them are and I don't care. Right. But <laughs> because <laughs> I don't want to hear you <laughs> badmouth Joanna Hogg on this podcast. Right. <laughs> but yeah, he produced those movies. Right? right. Right. Scorsese presents, you know, the souvenir by Joanna a Joanna Hogg film. Right. Great. Great. All right. He's clearly like out of the way or was helping her do whatever she needed to do. But that is in no way has his fingerprints on it. Right. Yeah, and
1: at this point, this is where he should be in his career. He should be propping other people up. Yeah. I mean, he has the cachet at this point to do what he wants. He can do a $200 million million film with Apple. Why can't you prop up an indigenous filmmaker to make this story? Right. And you tell, go on and tell your fucking... Rat Pack story or your Jesus story or whatever the fuck else movie that's passionate to you that you haven't been able to make this This one was career. clearly not passionate. It wasn't him. it wasn't he didn't give a shit about this I mean, it was a 2017 book. You can't tell me that he was sitting on this story for ages. It's only been out for six fucking years Yeah, and so don't tell me <laughs> that this this landed in your lap. This is and again This is a guy who laments making Shutter Island. This is fucking Shutter. I mean, this is the same type of shit You didn't give a
0: fuck about that movie. You don't give a fuck about this one Why yeah. the fuck are you making it but Shutter Island was a pop boiler Right. And, I mean, it but, was a, it was a detective story, right? No, no, but that's what I mean. Like, you don't. Uh, right. it, it's not. It's not this like massacre well, of indigenous people at the heart of it. I mean, that's the thing. Like, right. so if you're gonna like fuck off a film, don't do that. Don't don't do it to this. Right. Don't don't take this subject matter.
1: I mean, if you want to have a, if you want to have a like a, if you want to Scrooge McDuck just shit and like just jump around into a bunch of money. Yeah, go remake an Asian film with, with, with you know, Nicholson. That's fine. Yeah. It's fine. People will yeah. pat you on the back. And again, it won't be that hard to fuck up because you could just follow the fucking formula. Right. Again, like you said, Shutter Island's not a bad movie.
0: It's, it's a hell of a lot more entertaining than this yeah. because I'm not constantly going, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fucking it's, Dennis Lehane book. And or so, like,
1: you're <laughs> fucking eighty. This is not like Ridley Scott's making Napoleon. Yeah. Like, and and trying to correct the woes on the Alien franchise, although he'll never be able to do that fully because he doesn't know how to do that. Period. <laughs> but he's making he's making the Last Duel. He's making Napoleon. Like, you can't tell me that that what is the movie that fucking Scorsese really wants to make? Right. And I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think it's this. It's um, not. And I, I exactly. think it's one of these things where, okay. Someone threw something at him and someone said, here's $200 million. Will you go do this? And he said, yes, without really thinking about it and spends four years making this, this movie. That's I,
0: I want to stress this point. He asked for the $200 million. Oh, for sure. No one just gave it. To- <laughs> he wanted that much. And that's what I don't fucking understand. Well, anyway, and again, I mean, is that the ballpark that he's playing in now? Like is that? Are he really? is he making yeah.
1: Avengers types? Because again, this is a guy who also laments these IP films. I know, but I know. This is what he's doing, and what's what's fucking crazy to me. And again, I know he's eighty, but that he doesn't get the fucking like how this aligns. So hypocrisy. Yeah. yeah, that he's self contradiction. That he's making these movies. That this is not smaller cinema. To get back to the cinema, this is not even fucking Oppenheimer. No, right. This is not. News. St- it's just, it's not, this is
0: not saving theaters. No, it's because not. it's going on a fucking streamer. Right. At least <laughs> after at, like a month, at, at the least, least one, say what you will about
1: one. At least one has the fucking balls to go and say, you know what? I'm going to make a fucking three hour movie for fucking IMAX. And that's where it's going to be seen the best. And yeah. you're not, and you're not gonna be able to show
0: any trailers before right, it. Right. And this is how I'm doing it. Yeah. And you know what? Fucking come at me. Yeah, and, well, he left Warner Brothers because they wanted to put stuff straight stream. He's like, "No, I'm out of here." Right. right. So at least he has that kind of like veracity, that kind of authenticity to say, "I'm not going to let you do this, no matter how much money you give me." Right. Um, I, I I I want to point out, and I'm not going to dwell too long on this, but I want to point out um, Sam Dur- Sam Durant's installation piece called Scaffold. Do you know anything about this? I know it was. Um, a, a piece that was designed based on gallows that was used um, for seven historical U.S. state-sanctioned um, executions, including those of 38 Dakota men um, hung in Minnesota in 1862. So the Walker Center in, in Minneapolis commissioned Durant to make this piece. I think they did. But anyway, they put it in their sculpture garden. No one talked to the Dakota tribe oh, no before shit. doing this. So, so as soon as it went up, it was met with protest. Yeah. And and look to to Durant's credit, he met with tribal leaders. He said, "I will take it down. You have intellectual intellectual property rights now to this piece. You can do with it what you will, no, and I nice. and I will never recreate it." Well, I mean, it's not I mean, nice. No, 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 it's responsible, no. but I think it's responsible, right? You're right. Nice as well, he too. was,
1: <laughs> and, and, and I think he sweet of him.
0: <laughs> he and so they they took the wood from this and they performed a uh, ceremonial burial of the wood. But I think the difference here. Durant was trying to call attention to these atrocities, right? Now, the fact of where they put it, because it was on, like, you know, traditional sort of, like, land. The the fact of where they put it and they didn't talk to anybody, that was, I think, more of the controversy. And then, again, to Durant's credit, he said, okay, you're right. My bad. Here you go, right? But but that's something that, like, I don't see in this movie. So, um, anyway— I, yeah, this. Yeah,
1: I, I, we don't have to yeah. belabor the point. It's it's a bad movie, and <clears throat> it will be brought up during Oscar season because what the fuck else is going to be brought yeah. up during Oscar? And 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 again, because we're lazy as a society, and we will will and we do this like with like this fetishization of of our pseudo heroes. We'll 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 let him take a fucking victory lap on this movie. Yeah, um, but I don't. Yeah, the I I feel like. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's, there's just, just, we, we should just shut the fuck up and let this, let this die and yeah. just go away forever.
0: Yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, I, I hate this sort of like canonization of, of, of artists, of filmmakers, of, of anyone that, that we just hold up for no matter what they do. And it's like, you know what?
1: I, I, stuff I, stuff, stuff I, can be I, bad. I, I don't, I don't think it'll be talked about. Yeah. I don't think that like, we don't talk about the Irishman. No one fucking mentions that movie. Like I don't think that we're gonna mention this. Yeah. It'll go exist on some corner of Apple TV, and cinephiles and dorks will pull it out. And and but again, I don't even think that'll happen. Really, yeah. This is this is not a seminal work of of Scorsese. This is n- clearly not no, the best work no. that he's ever done. And this is not gonna go down in any sort of like retrospective of like we're gonna be watching this over and over and over. C-
0: again. Cinephiles are gonna watch this by themselves at home, and they're
1: gonna be like, oh. Fuck, that's that's not yeah, yeah they're gonna get they're gonna get, they get might 30, not gonna get in 30 minutes it. into it right. and they're gonna go, what yeah what no, the okay fuck, yeah no well, I'm gonna go back to something else anything else
0: okay let's let's move on um, we <laughs> talked way too long in that film. we like really I hate told you we're gonna about talk about that hour. Film. yeah no you're right <laughs> okay let's um let's do anatomy of a fall
2: I'm not a monster
0: I need you to be
2: precise. Tell me everything. Yes. <clears throat> I don't know what happened. I think you fell off the third floor. The windows open. The autopsy report is inconclusive. An accidental fall is going to be hard for us to defend. That's why there's an investigation for a more suspicious death because you were the only person there. And of course, you were his wife. Stop. I did not kill him. That's not the point. You had a fight the day before he died. You need to start seeing yourself the way others are going to perceive you. Is there anything that would seem consistent with a suicide? You have to tell them exactly like you remember it. You complain about the life that you chose. You are not a victim, not at all.
1: Be fair. I am a man who's been cheated on. I can't stand anymore. I'll
2: innocent,
0: you know that, right? And, uh, so this is the most recent um, Palm Door winner at Cannes, and I think I called it the Grand Prix winner on an earlier episode. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. If I don't make mistakes, who will? Right? <laughs> it won't be me. This, that's what I mean. Right? <laughs> One of us has to make mistakes, and it will be me. So this is an examination of a marriage after a woman is indicted for causing the suspicious death of her husband. Uh, the couple's visually impaired son faces a moral dilemma while being called to testify. It's kind of the plot line. Yeah. I mean, look, this is overrated. No, it's not. Oh man, are you serious? <laughs> look, this is a fine film. This, <sighs> this is, is better fine. than fine. This is better than look, fine. Look, this movie <laughs> has been, had a,
1: all kinds of smoke blown up its ass. I've been hearing okay. the words masterpiece. Okay. Piece. It's just okay. like, come on. You almost like, called it a piece of shit. I almost did. You almost people, did. I almost yeah. did, but it's, it's not a piece of shit and I'll, I'll retract that. Mm. I've, been call, I've been hearing people call this a masterpiece and i'm just like what are we watching here this five is a this is a really good episode of law and order SVU. that is basically it perfect film <laughs> okay
0: let's go let's have <laughs> <No>, it no <laughs> no no okay so so um, a mutual acquaintance of, of ours um, asked me if it was any good and i said you know what if you like french films where not a lot happens but people talk a lot for like two and a half hours then fuck yeah it's great <laughs> He was not into it, look, um, but <laughs> I was. And, and, and I say
1: it's overrated. I really, really enjoyed it, yeah, and I, I was really, really riveted the entire time. This is a this is movie right in my wheelhouse, yeah. But I just calling it a masterpiece. I think well, we're, I think okay. we're kind I of mean, bending over backwards sure, a little bit. Sure, here. no, no,
0: no. I mean, I think well, look, I think to call anything a masterpiece is maybe hyperbolic anyway. Sure, but I mean, one of the things that I love, love about this film one is how the opening piece of dialogue. Is just, we don't see the person speaking and it's just, what do you want to know? And I, I feel like right. yeah, this just sets up everything because this movie gives us no easy answers. It gives us no answers. In fact, it's always sort of changing our mind or trying to change our mind throughout the two and a half hours. Right. And right. this is what I find so sort of compelling is the sort of um, cinematic gymnastics that it goes through to get me to go, huh, do I agree <laughs> with him? Do I agree with her? Wait, I kind of agree with her in this argument, but really I see his point. This back and forth and back and forth, to a certain extent, like the did she or didn't she? I I don't care. It doesn't matter it, really. It, it yeah. doesn't matter, right? It's it's this kind of occasion for story to examine this other stuff, right? right? I do I do think as much as I like their son, who um, was injured in an accident and is visually impaired, mostly blind but can see somewhat. I do think that that's a pretty like thin metaphor, and what I mean by thin is that it's pretty close to breaking, right? <laughs> right. Right. The movie does that a couple of times. Yeah, right too, it, right? it does. It does, and that's where. So I've seen this twice now, um, and look, the second time I liked, I liked it just as much as the first time, but I started to notice, I think, more of those. I'm like, oh, this, this, yeah, the 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 visually impaired metaphor. I I get it. I probably would have gotten it anyway, (laughs) right? Right. Because so much of this is based on what we hear, right? It's not based on seeing anything. And a lot of the court testimony is, you know, a recorded argument. Well, it's just audio, right? Right. So you can't tell exactly who's throwing what, who's doing what, what else is accompanying the sort of like, you know, shouts and, and conversation, and I think that that's real I think that that's really cool and really smart that so much of this is conjecture.:
1: Yeah, the one thing that I took away from this is that I don't want to be accused of a crime in France.
0: So, so courtrooms in France are just like a place where two guys in robes are sassy with each other. <laughs> and I, lo- I love the sarcasm. I'm just like, everybody is just like, <laughs> they're able to throw out what? wild
1: theories about whatever they want to yeah. throw out. There's yeah. like very little forensic ev- evidence. Oh, like even the forensic evidence is like called
0: into question all over the place. And, and I love that like everyone, but everyone is so certain of everything. <laughs> everyone is just like, right. well, they could only be the answer. Well, no, here's another one. Hmm. I see your point. (laughs) I mean, it's just, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Everyone Uh, is so like 100% positive until
1: they're not. It's, it it is a, I, to your point, the, the, this almost blind aspect, blind aspect of their son, like you said, that almost, it's almost, it's, it is too on the nose. Yeah. It, 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 and it's not really necessary to drive this story. I mean, again, so it it only exists as a plot device to kind of Mm -hmm. say, Hey, dummy, this is what we're trying to tell you right yeah, yeah. i do think that the idea of a, or the the framing device of a courtroom to kind of break down the uh, idiosyncrasies and of a, of a relationship and to have one person on trial like that is is a really really clever way to present that um you know that story yeah cuz
0: that's what this is it's a marriage drama right, right?
1: yeah right. um and i and i think that 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 horrific like putting yourself in her shoes and the horrificness of having all of that questioned and like your life being torn apart having to defend yourself on that kind of stage and like everything that you've ever done and and written uh and said is being questioned because and and you don't have uh you know you and you're trying to defend yourself from from a person that doesn't exist that doesn't i mean it only has you know that and so i that's what I found again that was just really really compelling and it makes it really really interesting to watch um it is all at once horrifying and 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 uh frustrating and 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 like I said, you've bounced back and forth of yeah and again it's not it's, that's i think that i think the murder aspect of it um and you know I understand what that's, that's the thing that kind of keep you drawn in. And then obviously the, the thing that kind of pops at the at the end of it all is like, Oh, well shit. Like that doesn't that never really matter. It was just this woman having her life torn apart because she inexplicably found herself in a, in a bad situation yeah. that and, was not, you know, potentially not her doing.
0: And I think, uh, you know, like you said, we, we start to examine our own, I don't know, marriages, relationships, um, our own sort of creative lives. Right. I mean, look, I don't know a writer or artist who doesn't put something of themselves or something of their own experience or reality into their work. And then to have that held up in a court, right. As evidence of guilt must be just so sort of horrifying and terrifying. I love that. How many times in this film does she say, look, what you hear is only part, right? What you hear is only part of the story. It's only part of a a relationship. And she has this like kind of like beautiful line where she says, that's what a relationship is. Sometimes we fight together. Sometimes we fight alone. Sometimes we fight each other. And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's that, that's really good." But again, she's thinking, like, "You're you're taking one segment, and you're not putting everything, you know, together in context or as a whole, which is what the film is doing, right? right? And which is exactly what the film is telling us: like, you're only going to get pieces here. What is it that you want to believe? Oh wait, that's the other thing that I thought was too on the nose. Where, <laughs> where, where, um. Jenny Beth um, from the group savages um, plays Marge and she tells Daniel, she's like a court ordered kind of ward, right. Keeping over him or watching over him. So he's not influenced in testimony and he's struggling with sort of like what to say or even like what to think or believe. And, you know, he tearfully asks for help and, and she says, well, sometimes you just have to like almost take a leap of faith or like, Decide what you want to believe, and I 'm just like, okay, okay, I mean, like, like <laughs> that was so that was the other thing that, that for me was and 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 that stood out the second really the second time I watched it where i 'm like i don 't know that I needed the hand holding there, I mean, I get it, and it gives them this nice moment and stuff, but yeah i don't know a little too a little too coying, I guess I yeah,
1: know. the dog seemed a little harrowing as well, that was a little, <laughs>
0: that, was a I little know. that was a little rough, <laughs> I know did you know that he won the palm dog? <laughs> I'm serious. I didn't know that was an award. Yeah. yeah, He won the Palm <laughs> Dog. Well, good for him. He's I, a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> Messi is his name. I mean, but, so yeah, <laughs> he's a very good boy. <laughs> uh, it's, I don't know. Go ahead. Though. Sorry, no, go ahead. I was going to say that I think um, I, I'm comparing this to Trier's earlier film, Sybil, mm-hmm. which we just, we kind of like mentioned last time. Um, and how I didn't think that was a very good mm. film, but this one seems so much more focused and so much more assured. Even while it's dealing with similar similar themes, both movies have at their center a, a, a female writer, a female novelist, you know, dealing with these kind of relationship issues, dealing with stories and who tells what story and what is true and what isn't true. Um, I just think this one is so much more uh, pointed and successful as as a film yeah it's definitely more compelling for sure mm-hmm. i mean like
1: and I, I think i think they tap into something even if it is a law and order type you know aspect to it right um that allows us to be compelled beyond and kind of let the the marriage story wash over you in a sense so we're presented in fact the first like 40 minutes we're presented with a lot of like evidence gathering mm-hmm. so you don't really you know you you really don't know you're not you don't you're dug in the the most compelling thing was i was like why is that kid playing fetch with that dog and he still has his leash on like what take the leash <laughs> off the dog he's gonna get tangled up in that <laughs>
0: he's clearly not gonna run away from you i know i We're thought about right. that too I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's weird
1: <laughs> um, and, and so it's not until we start to like meet her lawyer um that it's kind of comes into question like this is going to be difficult yeah. for her
0: his hair is amazing, dude. Oh my god! You, I
1: mean, like I saw him like for like shoots, like like for the film afterwards, and he he'd cut it, and I was like, why would you ever do that? That
0: is. Gorge. That's like I
1: mean, the guy. What was that? Uh, the Medusa movie that we that we saw.
0: Um, oh, Medusa Deluxe. Yeah, I mean, and that, that was um, that one guy. His, his hair was amazing. <laughs> with as the well. rings and the. Yeah, he's such a distinct guy, but I can't remember. But his yeah, name her,
1: her lawyer had like just, just delicious oh
0: like, I like wish, gray like, oh,
1: hair that was just. But like not. It's like, not gray. It's like silver. Yeah, was silver. Yeah, like thank a you. Dark silver. It's like a like a putty. It was like or it was like, it was a like a pewter? Yes, a, a, a sculpted <laughs> pewter that was just flowing off of his goddamn beautiful oh, face. I know, like, I know.
0: What is this guy doing here? <laughs> like, I would have killed my husband for that guy. I know, like, I know. i like,
1: <laughs> man. I'm, I'm do, <laughs> I do think like the 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 sum of the parts are better than the whole here. I, I, I think that the acting is 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 phenomenal from the kid. And from the mom, um, even from the, from the, um, you know, the, the, the gallows players of the, of the courtroom and things like yeah. that. I think everyone was really, really, cause again, it allows you to have this like villainy. Mm-hmm. I, think it, I think it plays so smartly, you know, with this like defender of the man, defender of the husband and this like, kind of like, fuck you, you twisting everything that she did kind of aspect of yeah. it, like pulling up her, pulling up her books and like pulling up passages out of context to like show how she possibly could have murdered this, you know? Um, and then it, then that same character playing nice with the kid when the kid's like, well, I assume that this is the reason why X, Y, and Z happened. Mm-hmm. So, well, wait a minute. Why didn't you just assume, isn't this as equally, as, I'm not saying that it happened, <laughs> but isn't this as equally as plausible. And like and the kid's like, well, no, because I, I just can't, I can't rationalize this path versus this path right. in my head. Right. And of course, I mean, like uh, that's obviously what all of us do in all of these scenarios. And again, there's, you know what the movie does really well is again never really let you in on because it had it decide giving you a definitive x y you know a definitive answer, then it gives you a definitive side to take and the other side is obviously automatically wrong right right um, and like all of these little stories that have been told and all these little anecdotes and and these pieces that we piece together to to you know frame the puzzle of like what I mean I the, the, you know when the kids like had an innocuous conversation with his dad about the dog going away when it was done taking care of him Mm -hmm. and that it would be hard, but he'd have to deal with it. And then him like equating that to his dad, potentially committing suicide. Um, Yeah. I mean, all that, all that stuff is just, I mean, again, it's aside from the, 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 where the movie gets a little too cutesy for its own good. I think this is a really solid film. Yeah. And I don't feel like this really wears it's two hours and two and a half hours on its sleeve that much. I mean, yes, it is long, but I don't feel like it was
0: indulgent, really. Mm-mm. Well, it's pretty simple too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's nothing really fancy. I mean, sometimes we, we kind of like dip into a like a handy cam, and I mean like a like a camcorder shot. But other than that,
1: it's pretty. It, I mean, it, it takes a minute to get to the point, right? We we're, sure. we meet we meet the the you know the interviewer. Ooh, see, I, li- I like that too. No, no, no yeah, I yeah. I did, but I mean, like, so by so we meet the interviewer. We see the dog being walked. We see the dad dead, and then we start getting directly into the forensics of it all and trying right, to like right. rationalize it. That takes a minute. I think if you if you're you know making an argument, you probably could have cut down on some of the forensics because we don't like the whole sequence of kind of putting doubt into the kid where he's like, well, I thought I was inside. I thought I was outside listening to them, but the music Mm -hmm. was so loud that, um, that I I must've been inside. Mm -hmm. And I I think we spend a little bit too much on that, like, like that CSI version of it. Yeah. Because again, it doesn't really come into play really. I mean, we, you can question the kid's, uh, memory of something six months before, or, or even a few days before. Um, without having to worry about whether his dad put tape on the walls and like mm-hmm. it's again, it's that Cassavetes thing of like, I'm going to explain all of this so you don't ever have to guess. Like we don't yeah. need all that. We don't. Need, a, yeah. We don't. Yeah. Look, the kid for the kid was d- confused about where he was. It's yeah. fine. This it, is where
0: like Cassavetes trusts us.
1: <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Cassavetes was still filmed for two and a half hours, but he would not ever give us that level of right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Right. Hang on, because I want to come back to that. Um, this is something. I mean, so so talking about the kind of like you know, defending him, the man, they also play with this trope. And I think smartly of like the foreign woman, right. Mm-hmm. or almost like the barbarian, right. The outsider, the alien, right. The, the, the barrier in language, the barrier in customs. Right. And I, and I like how that, how she just seems even more foreign, even more kind of alien because of that as well. I mean, that's, you kind of know though, that, that there's no way she's going to be convicted in this film. You know, because she's bisexual and, and, and because she's, you know, an outsider. So you're like, there's no way that they're going to. But I mean, again, like, that's not, it's right. not really the point. And she's
1: <laughs> and she's the only caretaker for this toe headed kid who's like completely sympathetic too. like this. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. This is wide eyed, like just, you know, piano. He's. Uh, it's like, yeah, you know, this piano savant that that exists in this this poor little cold barren land, which is only
0: his dog to, to take care of him. Yeah, it's not that
1: there's, you're not gonna. You're, she's not gonna
0: go to jail, right? No, yeah. no, I know, I know. Um, and I and I do like how they end the film, where they still don't give us any inclination of did she or didn't she because she goes and she goes and climbs into the bed in his office right? Right. with the dog. I mean, and that I think you know, it's just a way to leave us again neutral without that kind of ending, just letting it okay, I'm right, know, here you go. So the the
1: I the horror that the character must have felt I know, mean, this is obviously the story, but like when his psychoanalyst comes into oh play God, yeah. <laughs> like, there's no fucking way they'd ever allow that to be a thing, I know, right? I know, right? Like, someone's like, "Oh yeah, I, he just spent an hour, uh, you know, every week bitching about his wife." So I'm gonna come in here and tell you what what all those bad I know, things were. And,
0: and she even says like. If I was seeing a therapist, I could bring them in here and have them say all these terrible things about someone else too. Right. <laughs> I love that she's just like, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm sorry. I need to. I need to speak to this." But like okay. the, the witness, <laughs> like I said,
1: I know I know this is missing the point. But like the chaos of a French court where there's like several different you know judges or bear I don't even know what, and then the 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 witnesses stand up. Uh, and then the, the, the defendants in the background and can stand up occasionally. It's just so like, it's all so over, all over the place. Everyone's talking at once. It's just like, how does anybody ever get convicted of anything? Like Or not convicted. <laughs> or or, somebody, right? how or, does or go free Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah. I mean, it's like, have you seen, um you know, small acts where they mm-hmm. are in the, in the courtroom? there, you are like, God, this is terrible. This, <laughs> one, this is like harrowing. And um ugh, yeah. Awful. Awful. <laughs> um i i don't know anything else you want to say about i i i really like this film I, I i think i liked it a smidge better than you did um, I, but. I i really like that i don't know
1: you know i don't know if i'm going to go back to it too terribly often i don't know if yeah. it, it's one of those things where i, I try to think about whether I, is this going to stick with me for a really long period of time and i don't necessarily think that it mm. will but i do think it's a, i think it's a good yeah. movie I, again, I think it may be just from my perspective, we are in a bad year for film. So when people start throwing around things like... like this seems an odd Palm d'Or winner to me. Really? Like, yeah. This seems like a Sundance Audience Award winner at best. But I don't see this as being like... like What else was showing at Cannes this year that, 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 that wins the I top prize? It, it seems a
0: little... Um, Priscilla. No, Priscilla was at Venice, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm just thinking, because last year, Triangle it. of Sadness won. Yeah. The Palm d'Or. I mean, and I don't see this as being too far away from that. I think, I, I mean, I see this as a more serious movie. Yeah, than, but I think Triangle, Triangle Sadness of Sadness is trying to, I think Triangle of Sadness to me,
1: I, I don't know, that, that that is a more memorable film. Like, that's huh. a, that's a film okay. that, like... I, yeah, I'm going to remember, especially like the sequences of you know the the vomitorium and the, sure. and
0: the I don't know that that movie.
1: Yeah, that's a better movie to me than Anatomy. Of really? Soul. Okay. I, 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 okay. I, I don't okay. I don't dislike this movie, but I'm no. Not I mean, gonna, but your your opinions are
0: make... yours, and you're entitled to be wrong. It is it's fine. <laughs> We've established the only person that's wrong on this podcast is
1: you. <laughs> yeah, that's your job. No, and, and I make mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> that's what I meant. So makes mistakes. So
0: there you go. Um, no, I see. I this 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 has stuck with me quite a bit um i was i was kind of worried about seeing it seeing it a second time because sometimes things don't hold up but i thought it you know except for those couple things i mentioned um i enjoyed it just as much as i did the first time and look the the idea of 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 language the idea of what do we hear what do we want to know what don't we want to know um how do we interpret these things that go on? How do people see like the small slivers of us and then assume the rest? And this stuff sticks with me. And and I'm with you. I get
1: that. I I, I do think one of the things that it did, like when you cut to their actual argument, I think that's probably the strongest part in the film for me. Um, And again, I usually like that and it's, and it speaks to the film because those types of things can be done so poorly. This doesn't become shrill. This never becomes so like grading, which typically it does. Um, This is a really good laid out argument on both sides. Although I kind of tended to, to, to um, lean towards her arguments more than I lean towards his. But
0: But what I think is really skillful in that, in the filmmaking aspect of that is we start the argument in just audio, Mm -hmm. right? In the court. And then we, we cut to the scene in the kitchen, but we never see the violence, right? Right. They cut back to just sound for right. the violence. So again, but I thought that that was it. Would have been really simple and easy. I think. I think a lesser filmmaker stays there and shows sure. more of that, right? And and they
1: also cut to like pictures of them, you know, in younger like the when poster he's for this, the, the poster for this movie is them together, like right. I mean, like I know the poster that's probably for the most is part dead on is his certain, dead, yeah. which is a weird fucking poster. Like I, <laughs> but I think, I think that the, the poster of them in the bar and he's yeah, kind of like yeah. smiling yeah. and she's smiling and they're younger. I think it's a really, really intelligent way to frame all of this and kind of bring you into this picture. Yeah. The fact that he's, this is not a Fargo S type movie where there's like the, where you've got the starkness of the death on the poster and right. they kind of the poster and Fargo's a, uh, you know, is a knit, you know, a quilt. But, um, but, yeah, I think that's a mistake. I think that's a mistake how to, how to advertise this. And yeah. I will say this, too, about this movie. Like, I think this is another one of those movies that no one knows how to market this shit. No. Like, this no. is this is being marketed as a riveting Gone Girl-esque type thriller. And it's like, not. And it's not. It's not, a, it's not even a riveting courtroom drama. It's just a way to frame this conversation. It, and it's, I mean, it, it is riveting, but not in the sense of, like, this is a not a nail-biter by any fucking means. And it's no. it's crazy to me that, like, I mean, I get it. Studios want people to put butts and seats. But again, if I if I come into this thinking that it's going to be this like you know John Grisham esque type of oh, uh, yeah no. a, again pot boiler. What the fuck does I mean like really? This is not a pot. This is not even a whodunit. This is a relationship. And again, I know it's hard to sell, but like we're all adults here. Can we not just <laughs> you and you and I are adults here. Can we not just <laughs> can we not just fucking say what this actually is?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to the point of it being riveted, riveting, riveting, Jesus. (laughs) It's also riveted. There's a lot of little tiny rivets throughout the film. Well, it's got to be held together somehow. (laughs) Right. I mean, the film itself has grommets. I mean, so (laughs) Um, I was never, I was never bored. Right. In the two and a half hours, I was never bored. And it's a lot of talking, but I'm never bored. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that Um, doesn't, that doesn't hold true for this next film. Okay. See, well, I I like that we're, we've agreed on one film so far. (laughs) Okay so so let's start here with this next film this is dry ground b- burning
2: um daqui é, é espetacular, hein? Que quebrar dessas aí atrás? Pra ali, ó, né? Santo Antônio Pra lá, Samambaia Pra ali, Águas Lindas
0: A film about an all-female gang stealing oil from an authoritarian military government and selling it back to the community. So I found this movie to be in a way punk rock but very arthouse punk rock. Um, okay. I want to talk about this this idea of length of these films because um, you said like off mic, has digital filmmaking killed sus- or has, has digital film or digital technology killed succinct filmmaking? And and I knew like right away this was the movie you were talking about because <laughs> um, I knew I'm like, I'm like, I wonder how he's going to deal with this because this is a very it's two and a half hours and it's a long two and a half Look, hours. We've talked about this before
1: uh, these. And again, I think you're going to re- recoil about what about, I'm about, okay. about to, about to That's say. That's OK. Um, but these gimmick filmmaking techniques. And I, and I just feel like okay. this, this, this pseudo docudrama, okay. eight, 18 months shoot, no script. Yeah. Look, call it what it is. It is a fucking gimmick. Okay. And again, I understand what they're trying to accomplish. And I think listening to the filmmakers and, and listening to them explain their process, there's a pretty good interview um, on YouTube from the uh, New York Film Festival okay. or New York, uh, you know, not film at 60 or whatever. It's not, it's not maybe not, maybe it wasn't the film festival. Um, where they talk about how, you know, they had a script, but they don't shoot the script. And these are all real people and they're they're filming real life, but it's still a, it's a fictional narrative. I, I, that made me appreciate the film more. But the problem, okay. the problem that I had was that we get these long drawn out sequences where they're trying, one, I think this movie would have, played better with me had I been more entrenched with Bolsonaro and like the, and the, and the, and the history right, or if i right. had been yeah, from yeah, Brazil, yeah. like if I was living in this, um, you know, this Vicente, yeah day to day life. I think that that, I think this is a film shot by Brazilians for Brazilians. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that I didn't find certain aspects of it compelling, but also there were certain aspects of it that, that if you're not, I don't, I think the, 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 this the narrative that they try to spin on this then takes away from the sleepy kind of winding na- mm-hmm. I think this this being a disjointed set of vignettes would have spoken way more volumes to me than trying to put together this and again talking about not knowing how to market a film not and again this is not, I know you're reading this not knowing how to to even to to encapsulate a film this is not about a girl gang that sells gasoline right. and it's right. it's not right. Right. It it's 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 about three women yeah. and, and that are trying to make their way in this fucking, you know, oppressive military regime. Yeah. And not only being women, but being queer women, being, you know, being previous felons, you know. And so them trying that is a more compelling story to me. There are sequences in this that are really, really good, but they're really, really impressive. And then there are sequences of this where we're making clay bricks for 20 minutes. And I'm just like, uh, OK. Yeah, you got you. Yeah. You you're, you're. This is not. A, this is not a movie made for me. I'm okay with that. I just didn't. There overall, I got what they were trying to accomplish. I don't think they quite hit the mark. From, sure. a, from a from a perfect film film perspective.
0: Sure. No, no. Well, no. One said this was
1: perfect. <laughs> let's just, uh, five out of five. Let's, let's masterpiece. Just calm down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no.
0: I think I said about anatomy Anatomy of a Fall. Five out of five. Perfect <laughs> film. Um. I will never use the word masterpiece. It's okay. Um, but I, so I, I agree with you, right? Actually, I agree with you hundred percent. There are moments where I'm like, why am I spending so much time in this church? Right. I, and I really don't understand that. I was kind of like, uh, can I just like fast forward through this, right? <laughs> yes. Because, yeah. because that goes on, <laughs> way, that goes too on
1: way too long, way too long. And they talk but, about that in
0: the, in the interview. Okay. See, I didn't, so I didn't, I didn't watch that interview. I've read, um, an article in open city, London, um that was really that was really interesting as well, so um where they talk about the the process, the filmmaking process because I wanted to bring this up, and so I'm glad that you <laughs> like, like, like like found that so they call this they use a couple different terms, one, so their idea is like this collision of two ideas of ethnography, so this ethnography of fiction, where it's just like political fable, right? That's that's a story going on in this situation setting time, but then they construct these characters who are non actors The non actors then sort of help build these characters, right? Right. They all kind of come together They sort of like leave behind their own memories, but sort of still use that together And then they do this kind of what they call what an ethnography and an ethnography of sensory appropriation um, where they will build sets, right, within the community. Why are you laughing at me? Just because of the horse shit of that terminology.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, if anybody wasn't a cinephile that's listening, like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> this is true. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and they're like, why is that guy so excited about saying ethnography of sensory appropriation? But, okay, okay. So, where they 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 use these, like, non-actors who construct these characters, and they go, like, okay... This character would be here. They'd be on this plot of land. This is where they would build the oil rig, right, that Shatara builds and, you know, siphons oil from the government, like, through these pipes, right? This is where they would do this. This is where they would do this. in these real locations, you know, yeah, I mean, the idea is that they want to sort of have these things smashed together so that the lines between documentary and fiction are kind of blurred. And they kind of play well, together and, like, this hybrid sort of thing comes out. I mean— they made a point of
1: saying that this couldn't be documentary because the the documentary would have shown that they already lost. Right, but they're already in this environment. There is no rebellion, really. It's a matter of like, right. Although they did say that they actually created that party and like had and and they actually were kind of on the ballot. Like it, yeah, it, it, right, so it's, <laughs>
0: right. They had to, they they registered the the um, prison people's party or yeah. people prison party. Which one was I, it? Uh, I think
1: it's a people's prison party. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, who just wants to fuck shit up, right? They just wants to get, They want to dance a bit. <laughs> <laughs> the, look, prison, I, the
0: prison people
1: party. Right. I, I think, you know, I'm, I would have voted for them. I think, all, I think all their ideas were solid.
0: Well, no, I mean, but, but they they are. I mean, I can't tell if you were joking or not. No, no, no. But I okay. Was, I was, okay. Because, I mean, I, this, is, this is part of the film that I really like. And that, that, that subplot, Andrea's subplot of her running for office, I'm of saying, look, I'm from here right? I will work for you guys. I've been in jail with all you guys, right? We, you know, I'm working for, I'm representing the people like you, criminals, prostitutes, drug dealers, right? The discarded, the left behind, all of that. Um, I really like that. And I would have liked to seen like <laughs> what comes up. I mean, I right. love the bus stop or the bus top sort of like political rap that they're doing. Right. I mean, this is really, it's really cool. And it, and it feels real Um, in a way that I'm sure they want us to sure to to think, um,
1: yeah, I spent the first like 45 minutes of this movie trying to figure out, just kind of get my bearings. Mm, And like, I kept thinking that this is bouncing back and forth in time. I couldn't figure out, like, I felt like, okay, maybe did they, did, did Charita end up getting arrested and then come back? I thought, cause it like, it's set in 2013. Um, and then. But they kept talking about twenty. I don't know. Like they kept talking about twenty nineteen. So I thought I read maybe I just read that it was twenty thirteen, and I was mistaken, or that she had started. That she'd gotten the plot for in twenty. I don't know. I, yeah. I was I was, I was conflating those time, I'm I was conflating those timelines. I was conflating those timelines. I uh, was and like trying. To, I was getting confused. And but but yeah, I think that's. I, I was obviously missing the point too. I I think again I think these stories are compelling on on their own. I just don't think that they had enough. Like and again they filmed for 18 months. I don't think they had enough. I think I think this idea of not having a script and letting um, you know and kind of filming as it exists is fine. But I think you needed a a, a point A to point B for each of these characters. And you yeah. could have let your you know your non actors help drive that. But it was. It it was too confusing to kind of bounce back between the three and not really see them intertwined just a ton, um, and I don't know. I, I keep going back to films that are that are kind of like this that have more of a narrative thread that are just a little bit more compelling. Like I said, I don't think that this movie ultimately is. If I grew up in the favela, I think that, yeah, this I would have spoken to sure, me. sure, sure. Um, but I just but I don't know like like you said the the long sequence in the evangelical church which was put there because they had already talked about how like Brazilian films kind of looked down on those people, but this was the real life of these women that they would go and they would, that there was an evangelical church on every corner. They would all go and, you know, and do that confess their sins, you know, do whatever they needed to do there and then go back out and be cursing and committing crimes and trafficking drugs and that, that type of thing. And trying to make a, You know, trying to to come to grips with all of
0: that. Like Harvey Keitel on Mean Streets. (laughs) Right, or in Bad Lieutenant. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to make another Scorsese. Right, right. right. Uh, Barnes &
1: Noble sales as we're going on right now, so you can pick up Mean Streets on 4K (laughs) 4K for $25. Uh,
0: We
1: get get no residuals for this. I was going to
0: say, Barnes & Noble (laughs) nor Criterion (laughs) are sponsoring us. But if they'd like to, I mean, because we are not capitalists. That'll help us get Clifton Collins on the podcast. That's true. That's true. Yeah, they might give us 25 bucks.
1: (laughs) We just need Apple to front up a a couple hundred dollars to get Clifton out here. Because he's going to, because I just, I really.
0: Apple would not, they they would not host. They don't, they don't want our podcast. We, we cuss too much. Is that true? We're not, we're not, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, we're not family friendly enough. I I don't know how these things work. I mean, maybe Spotify will call him bias. Be, yeah, I'm joking. Yeah, we'll joking. be on
1: the, under the Joe Rogan umbrella. We we'll that way we can uh, hawk uh, uh, swamp water and and you know fake medicine and you know yep. and yeah. Yep. Mind yep. mind increasers. Yeah. Uh, Does that make your mind bigger? <laughs> like his muscles. Right. Right. I mean, like the Barry Bonds uh, head increaser. <laughs> That's that was the cream. <laughs> I, I I I I like I said the, the moments where this film gets quiet and this film is about leia and not leia but uh, leia or and doesn't yeah matter, this yeah point. well um, leia
0: Chitara, andrea right? right those three when it's
1: when it's focusing on their kind of desires even it's when it's like a when leia is talking about the you know the, the women that she slept with mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. that she mm-hmm. wants to put together and how she's going to try and like those are fun moments and i think like i said it had this been more of a kind of you know and again i argue against meandering films but if it had this been more of like an intertwinement of these three women and really focused on, I know that we focused on all of them, but again, there's these quiet moments that just kind of take you out of um, the film. This film should feel kind of like a Sean Baker shot on camera sure, kind of like, sure. and I don't really feel like we get that, that I, I just wanted more of a narrative thread, but I also wanted more, maybe even just more riffing dialogue with these characters rather than, And and, and also if we're going to, I don't know, like I said, going two and a half hours on this one, there's easily, you know, 30 to 45 minutes that could have been cut out. And I think that had happened. It's, it's again, it's one of those things where we filmed for 18 months. So this movie has got to be something right. But you filming this, you know, 10 minute long sequence of how do bricks get made in Brazil? I'm going to lose a little interest. And like, and that's early on too. Right. And like, it's okay. It's kind of,
0: it asks a lot of the viewer.
1: Right. So a lot, of, a lot of patience. A lot of I appreciate what they were trying to accomplish, yeah. and I'm, I'm interested. But when you <laughs> when you compare it to something like Neptune's Frost or, yes, or yeah. these other kind of like avant-garde kind of uh, that's a bit futuristic comparison. kind of these films that are telling a kind of a weird narrative story. I, I think there's there's just I just don't feel like they set themselves apart enough to like make me really care about like. And again, like I care about a ex, you know, a, an ex felon who is queer who wants to put together a brothel i care about the ex-felon who wants to do good in her community the weird dystopian you know thievery of oil from a plot that she bought and then she built her own oil rig and is also um making refining refining gasoline that makes me think how the fuck is she doing all of that on her own and like so then i'm like okay then there's that's more of a story that i need i can't just have that sort of uh Jurassic park leap of oh, they found DNA in the amber, and now now we've got dinosaurs <laughs> uh, how is she how did she on her own dig a well, set up a refinery, and is making it where yeah. she can sell this to and in in like a small plot of land
0: yeah well so at the beginning, Leah does say that she found blueprints for old pipes. Right. No, I right? saw that whole. Part, so, right? so she, I mean, she at, least it, at least, at least yeah, at least it gives us that. But no, we don't right. see really like but how do these like four. This women, is when we go Casabert right. is too far. No, no 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 no, <laughs> no, 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 no. She's just refining gas. It's no, 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 it's fine. It's, <laughs> it's not a big deal. <laughs> no, 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 she's no, she's no, a criminal. There's no, just no, refining no, no. gas. I'm with you. I'm with you. because I thought I'm like making gas like
1: right. That's gonna be an involved process. is it
0: that easy? Like, like, I can believe. Like, if they were selling the barrels of oil, I would have, I think, understood more. But Right. Even in no, New
1: I, Jack City, they showed you how they made crack. Like, there true. was a montage of crack yeah. making. I need a montage of gas refineries.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have no idea. How, obviously, I don't have any idea. How to but do that, I
1: would but. say this. Your mileage may vary on this film. I would, I would encourage people to go and watch it for sure. Yeah. It yeah. is an interesting artifact, if nothing else. I don't like i said and I don't, I don't think it missed the mark by much but for me mm-hmm. i'm not going to go back to this no no no,
0: no. And, and and neither am i and i do think too that 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 what you said earlier about this being kind of a niche film is is true i mean so like this film addresses so much stuff that uh, we, we don't, don't know like, we don't it. know right so i mean it 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 really sort of puts the context of the history of brasilia um you know in there so you know brasilia in the 50s they were like removing the capital right, right. i mean <laughs> You know, <laughs> what the, what the, what the characters of, I still know what you did last summer, um, don't understand. <laughs> so Brazil is the capital. And they, you know, moved it there in 1950s, in the 50s, they started to build up the city, but the idea that it would be this kind of modernist utopia that would bring together everyone, right, from all walks of life. Well, you know, the thousands of workers who helped build the city, the thousands of, mig- thousands of migrants who came there were pretty soon forced out. Right to the sort of these these like satellite communities, these favelas, and you know the the government there was like, we'll keep the invaders out, keep the invaders at bay. Mm -hmm. So we get that sense in the film. But again, how many of us, you know, in North America, understand how these favelas were created and aren't just like, well, they're just slums. That's where poor people live, right? (laughs) Right. I mean, without that kind of context, Um, something else that I found really interesting was when they you know, commandeer the military vehicle and set it on fire and strip it for parts. This is apparently, I don't know if you, if you saw this or not, but this, this vehicle is called a Gurgel. <laughs> <laughs> G-U-R-G-E-L. I don't know. How else would you say that? Yeah. Right? Um, which is a Brazilian-made vehicle and a symbol of national pride. Right? Right. And so, again, more context, it's pretty easy to see as a metaphor already. Right. But the filmmakers... The filmmaker said this in this interview: "Any right-wing military man who sees that scene in the film is going to have a heart attack. <laughs> For them, it is sacrilege that we would burn something so rare. We had so much fun tearing it apart, selling its pieces to chop shops, and burning the carcass." <laughs> so I really, I really like that. I mean, and that again, I mean, yeah, the the metaphor is there, but not to the extent that it that it would be if we knew that, oh, right, right, right? Right. And that, so, and, that, and
1: that sequence of And and that's that perfect sequence, too, to point out, you know, to kind of as an example is when we're with when we're inside the military vehicle and they're doing the almost Nazi salute (laughs) for Brazil. (laughs) Yeah. And like it's it's a it's a kind of it's a weird like it's the one time we're taking away from the women and it's a weird focus on these men that we don't like you. Are you you're made to assume that they're the ones who attack laying and. uh Charita at you know in there when they're kind of holed up with their gasoline, right, right? Um, Or an attack maybe the wrong terminology. They're trying to find to them and but it, ultimately we never see them again mm-hmm. So that that sequence really only serves to someone who already understands the context right. of that right. of that right. of that right. scene Yeah,
0: yeah, anyway, like I, I I tend to agree with you here that it, it it's it's an interesting watch I'm not gonna watch it again <laughs> I think I took away what I needed to take away.
1: Yeah, and 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't shy away from um, other films of theirs, but I do think that this type of stylistic way of making film has a a limited shelf life, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I don't think that like this doesn't seem like this is something that people are lining up to give you money for, to make these types. Like, I like the idea of getting non-actors and especially, you know, with Leia's story and her being in print, like the, the one thing that they yeah, talked about right. when, in her story was that um, the, these other characters that they were letting them make these stories, they were always talking about her. Cause she was like this legend in, right. in, in jail. Yeah. And they were like, well now we have to find someone, an actress who can portray that. And then she finally got out of got prison, a, yeah. and like, and and was able to come on set and film.
0: And they got um, arrested again, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah.
1: Which you would imagine probably happens a lot. Yeah. Um,
0: but did you see that they, um, the filmmakers, were character witnesses for her? Oh, and I so did not they, see that. So yeah. she was able to kind of get day passes to finish. Yeah. To finish filming. And I think that's the yeah.
1: real like winning aspect of this film is that it does shine a light on these right. these particular stories, even if they are fictionalized. And I do think that like although they feel only slightly fictionalized, right man. i think the really the the, the one that's really fictionalized because they talked about um charita being like that was the character they had in mind and there was this idea of a woman who worked at a gas station who smoked a lot yeah and that yeah. she would almost always almost be on fire right and that was right. the story kind of that right they, and, and so like they found charita and she's like well yeah i mean i'm around gas a lot and i smoke a lot so i'm your character <laughs> but yeah. the other yeah. two um you know this this queer woman who's kind of found her like place in this society and really wants nothing more than just to kind of like continue down the path of crime, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's, you know, through prostitution, um, or what have you. And then this other woman who wants to genuinely better her, uh, you know, her, her, her people through politics and the other one who's, you know, uh, trying to, you know, make a you know, not amends, but, uh, trying to align herself with this, this life of crime and kind of justify that what she's doing and how it's kind of eating it's her kind up of inside. a Robin Hood type thing right right? Yeah. right and and again those types of scenes the scenes where she's like negotiating percentages of drug trafficking with the with the motorbike guys it, I feel like that's a different movie like I said that's when I texted you and I was like does she end up in Bartertown at the end of this <laughs> it feels like, <laughs> like it feels like that's trying to tell a, a more linear story yeah uh and a more futuristic one like and I, this is this is what threw me at the beginning too, is when they're looking at their watch. I know that looked like an alien type, predator I know. type. know. So yeah. I was like, is this in the future? Like, because like, the only thing that I had when I first clicked this on was, okay, it's a it's a girl gang, and they're yeah. selling gas. I'm like, okay, well I'm in. This is a right, yeah. a turbo kid type of thing. I'm like, I got you. I'm, I'm with Tank you. Tank
0: girl. Right. Yeah.
1: Here we go. <laughs> um, and it wasn't that at all. No. So, recommended if you like these.
0: Sure. <laughs> did you do some? Or Um. Yeah. I don't know I'm getting all cutesy with <laughs> yeah, my terms. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um. I did. I did. I, I did, did
1: them this time too. Since so, I, f- I kind of forgot about them the last couple times. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I I kind of assume that you're gonna forget about them this time. <laughs> Um, so, so I sort of like quickly before I came over here and like did some, like just in case. That's why I was like, yeah. Um, okay. So hey, let me go first. Sure. I sure, will. Sure. So for killers of the flower moon, instead of watching killers of the flower moon, <laughs> why not watch the movie prey? Sneaking a yeah. predator, right? This is the latest installment of that. But our sort of main character in the Schwarzenegger role is a young indigenous, um, character right played by an indigenous young woman this film was not directed by an indigenous director but it was produced um by indigenous uh producers and and stars indigenous actors so and I think that the metaphor there is uh I mean it centers on the indigenous community right yeah and the metaphor I there I think stands out so yeah
1: I, yeah I I think I think prey is I mean I think it's one of those I think it's just like this like they really hit upon something and and really I think more, um, more franchises should be willing to kind of make that kind of leap uh, to a different environment and putting your big bad in a, you know, Mm -hmm. not necessarily in in an indigenous situation, but, but definitely, uh, you know, definitely doing that
0: type of um, showing actual colonialism that (laughs) and
1: and like taking chances with, with, you know, rather than like going back to the well with uh, you know, Saw ten or the extra right. lever type right. of thing, doing right. something with doing something that's a you little. You mean
0: big, actually doing something new?
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. um Mine is Blood Quantum. I okay. Seen okay. It, so, yeah. Yeah. It's just another indigenous film. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So it's. I'll actually be showing it on a virtual screening and uh, coming up this month. So. Oh wow.
0: Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. For Anatomy of a Fall. <laughs> France, starring Leah Seydoux and okay. uh, directed by that. Bruno Dumont. It's good. It's yeah. it's good. It is melodramatically, Seydoux plays this. Um, what would you call her? Sort of like celebrity news anchor, right? Like, um, oh man, who? who Connie was Chung. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, did Connie Chung ever have her own sort of like primetime show? Who had their what what? What female news? Like Barbara Walters. Or, okay. Yeah. That's probably a better like um, analog. Yeah. So this comes but She's young. She's beautiful. I mean, she's a huge celebrity. Um, she's at the center of, and kind of has this like crisis of like faith or whatever, but it is this sort of dreamy soap opera-y kind of thing, but she's fantastic. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And it's in French. <laughs> that always helps. But And, and um, her character's name is France, not just, yeah. You know, okay, so. <laughs> it's just about France. It's just, yeah, the entire um, country
1: mine is michael haneke's cachet okay
0: Big. um you know about a couple of
1: who's uh it's kind of the the couple drama but they, they start getting uh videotapes sent to them where they're being watched and they're trying to pick that apart and haneke's obviously uh um and this is probably one of his easier films to kind of like, say, digest really yeah, <laughs> yeah uh but a lot of fun and and yeah. really kind of like i said kind of an anti-haneke haneke film and but still with that tension and um you know, as far as pot boilers go, that one actually is a little bit more of a pot boiler yeah. than Anatomy of Fall.
0: Yeah, no, it is. That's the one where, it's like, the guy splits his own throat, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> um no, That's a good one. Okay, so for um Dry Ground Burning, I picked How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good yeah. analogy
1: for this uh w- movie. And, and also another one that kind of, like, does do what we want this film to do, yeah. Um, which is kind of move us along a little bit more than 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 this movie did. Uh mine is City of God, which yeah, is probably the okay. easy sure. one. But yeah, sure but, sure, I mean, sure. Like, sure. but just kind of the definitive Brazilian, yes. like just Fabella film. Right. Yeah. 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 So goddamn good. Like it's so
0: <laughs> not uh, fast and furious um, <laughs> fast five. Yeah. Not
1: fast five. I did. You know, I did mention to you off mic this too. Is the, <laughs> that, it, that it would have been fun to have Dom or, and Letty or, you know, uh, Just anybody. or even Han. Yeah. Any one of them at a, at a roadside cafe, like eating fried like, shrimp. Okay. <laughs> As they drove by, uh, uh, someone yeah. says family <laughs> <laughs> yeah. out of all, they never mentioned
0: family at uh, one time, so yeah, so, that's something all
1: Brazil films had to do that by default.
0: I mean they've got like touchdown Jesus up there. that was probably not the right way to <laughs> <say>. <laughs> look we had to Sorry. sit through, we had to sit through a twenty minute uh,
1: evangelical like uh, sequence, uh, it, that, that, all of that, yeah. It all it, it all so felt so like cinema verite, like you never yeah, really knew yeah, where yeah, any yeah. of those characters were right. going to go. Right. Uh, when that one dude started singing, I was just like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> I, I did think about it. it's like, can I fast forward through I this? Because like, uh, I, I don't think know. we're getting to a point.
0: here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know what they're doing here. Right, we're just going to like watch this for a while, then we're going to go to something else. We're okay, okay. okay. Right. <laughs> as much as I like that, uh, need to move on. Um, okay, Jason. So like I said earlier, next time. Um, I'd like to talk about David Fincher's new film, The Killer. Um, and I also thought we could start the series on Hal Hartley. There we go. And um, go ahead and dig into the unbelievable truth and trust. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you had to look forward to,
1: listener. Hey, I mean, you're in for a treat. Uh, I,
0: here's I, –
1: I haven't revisited – this is what – we talked about this a little bit too. I yeah. haven't revisited Hartley in a long right, time. And I know right. that there's – I am not an unabashed Hartley apologist. There are Hartley films that I – I remember when I watched them the first time, I, I I absolutely hated, Yeah. but there are some that were some of my top films of all time type of thing. So I'm interested. I remember both of those uh, were kind of at the, at the, I guess, the precipice of like the 90s yep. Yep. Uh, indie yes. movement. Yes. And so they were kind of darlings, but they weren't really riding that wave of independent film that kind of came a few years later. And I think Hartley kind of always felt in that range of like never quite getting to a Bombbach or, you know, or yeah, an Anderson yeah. or like any of these kind of like movie people who started out with small films that really kind of just rose. And again, I don't want to I, I don't know what Hartley's intention ever was of making he films, always, but like he, even like a Wilt, Wilt still uh Wilt Stillman. Stillman. Yeah. Or Wilt Stillman <laughs> or Wet Stamin, either one of any three of those guys. <laughs> um, but even like some of those like Uh, you know, kind of championed um, auteurs of the small film. I don't know if Hartley is uh, kind of talked about in that same breath. And this is kind of part and parcel with what we do here anyway. So he seems perfect for that kind of, for doing a retrospective of his work. Yeah.
0: He, he, he's always felt kind of like the outsider's outsider to me. Right. I mean, the guy who probably could have been bigger, but it always felt like he didn't want to. Right. Right. That he was like, you know what? Fake Rim's about as big as we're gonna go here, right? <laughs> I'm good with that. And everyone's like, fuck is fake Grimm. So we will moving. We will tell you. <laughs> we will tell you. Yeah. Uh, so the killer, uh the Killer, The Unbelievable Truth, unbelievable truth yeah. and Trust, right? Those will be the, the, the opening.
1: <laughs> I like how I forgot them like literally like
0: five <laughs> seconds after you said that,
1: uh, which, which is <laughs> funny because we'll, I'll actually, I'll text you in a couple of days like, what the fuck are we watching <laughs> again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just to make sure. <laughs> make sure I watch the right ones. <laughs> look, I don't, I, I, I look in the mirror and I don't, I mean, I, I know I'm getting older, but like it's, but it, it comes no, in like, such miss- a sm- is- like a, like a, like a it comes so gradually that I, that picking up on these things is, is disheartening. And,
0: um, but you know, we, 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 I, I have no idea how old I am. (laughs) I no idea. Right. I, I do not know how I'm supposed to act. Um, I, I know people my age who act like actual adults, like old people. I'm like, what the fuck happened to you? (laughs) What, what? Right. Right. I mean, look, I haven't, (laughs) I, I even stopped like drinking and doing drugs. And I'm still more fun than these motherfuckers. Right? I mean, so, <laughs> but my point is, Jason, you're not old. Yeah, well, okay. You just
1: have a shitty memory. I just right? have a bad memory, yeah. which is weird because I have a memory. I have like, I don't know. I feel like kind of like uh, Sammy Jenkins and Memento a lot of times, but like I can remember um, where I saw fucking Terminator yeah. 2 uh, and who I saw it with. Uh, but I yeah. But they, when you said that, I could. <laughs> like, uh-uh. I'm still going to watch The Inconvenient Truth
0: uh, first. <laughs> yeah. This is not how Hartley. What the fuck? Why am I watching this piece of shit?
2: <laughs>
0: I just remember the things I don't want to remember. But that's true too. Yeah, mm. yeah. I always remember those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah. That one time. What's it like to
1: feel like you're a good person? Like, what's oh, I have like?
0: no, I have no idea. I have no idea because I will stay up, right? I I will be kept awake by this one thing I said when I was ten years old to this girl in fifth grade. I'm like, oh my god, I should, I should find them and apologize. <laughs> like, if I had, Jesus. if I had three wishes,
1: <laughs> like from a genie, were to pop up into this podcast booth right now and say. Yeah, that would be that would be my first one. Just let me think just, that I'm a good person. Yeah,
0: That's can, all I need. Can, not make me a good person. No, let no, me believe I'm I don't a even good know person. Know what a good person is? <laughs> no, one, just, no one does. I just want to. Have believe you seen this that, fucking world? I just want to believe that I'm a good one. <laughs> I just I just want to be able to lie to myself. That's what I want. Right? That's if that were my superpower. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> delusion. Give me delusion <sighs> over anything else.
0: Oh man. Okay. Well. <laughs> That's a good place to leave it. Anything else you need to add at this point?
1: Is there a three-story French chalet that I can throw myself out of?
0: (laughs) In Grenoble, my friend, in Grenoble. Um, Okay, all right. Until next time. Just keep fucking screaming, guys. (laughs) Keep fucking (laughs) screaming. (laughs) Yo, who got it better than me? Better line on the block, rolling VIP. Sick whip, thick rims, fat rocks, I got them. Shining like a superstar from top to bottom. If you need a sugar daddy, I'm the man. And if you need a dollar, holla, cause I got a whole stack. What? Rolling VIP. What? Rolling VIP. What? Rolling VIP.
1: You have been listening to Why Does the Wilhelm Scream with your hosts, Brock and Jason. If you liked today's episode, do us a favor and rate, review, and subscribe in whatever application you use to consume podcasts these days. You can reach us by visiting Screen.com. If you are in the DFW area, we would love to see you at a Fort Worth Film Club event. You can learn more about those and find a full schedule at fortworthfilmclub.com. And you can learn about my foundation and how we are trying to foster the next generation of film lovers at realhousefoundation.org. That's R-E-E-L housefoundation.org. Till next time.